Greetings and salutations, everybody. It is Wednesday night. We have been doing this for a year. Kind of amazing to think about. Vibrant turns one year old today. That's 51 episodes in 52 weeks. Only took one week off. I guess I deserve that. (laughs) I'm super excited. We have so much uh, planned for everyone tonight. This is going to be a classic Decode Vibrant. We've got... Andy Crone, a.k.a. Andrea, a.k.a. the Cro- Cozy, Crozy Cone, Co- Crozy, Cozy Crone. <laughs> First time Vibranter, longtime contributor in our awesome community. And Gabriel's with us and joining us before too long. We ought to see Joshua Donahue, a.k.a. 33, the branch, that guy with the cicada profile picture that everybody loves. And yeah, we out here. It's party time. How you doing, Andy? Welcome to Vibrant for the first time. Thanks. It's cool to be here. <laughs> it's, gro- it's groovy. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was your idea to do this. We're going to be talking about, it's not exactly a brand new film. It's from 2012, but, and I've heard people decode this before and discuss it before, but I think it deserves our slant, if you will, or uh, our straightening out, maybe is a better way of putting it <laughs> rather than slanting. And I think it was your call that suggested we do this and we've had it planned for a long time. So tell us a little bit about why, like you wanted to talk about the weirdness of iPet goat Two. I think it was actually Josh's idea or Joshua's idea, but uh, I just kind of interceded. Say his name and he just popped in. <laughs> Summoned. <laughs> but uh I wanted to talk about it because I spent just way too much time down that rabbit hole not to. (laughs) So I got a lot of insights, uh, probably about a month worth of time that I just, that's all I did was decode that video. (laughs) Yeah, that says a lot because it's only about seven minutes long. (laughs) You can spend a month talking about it. And uh, yeah, Josh is with us. He's just getting his devices connected up. We'll see him in a second or at least hear him. Uh, Gabriel, how you doing, buddy? What are your opening thoughts on this film? Uh, I'm stoked that we're coming back at it, you know, further down the road. Uh, You know, from what we've uh, divulged in our private telegram communications, it turns out there are some real nifty, potentially predictive elements uh that are coming to the forefront uh again so it is definitely worth a relook uh with this 2022 hindsight yeah 10 years later so this came out in 2012 it was created by some mysterious canadian cg artist named who goes by heliophant And I thought that was interesting because (laughs) it started me down the line of thinking about like that name, Heliophant. Helio is obviously the sun and phant, like P-H-A-N-T. It comes from a Greek word, phaino, meaning to show. And it's fascinating how like that actually, you know, people will often say instead of hierophant, they'll say hierophant. They'll say font instead of phant. And a font is like a wellspring, right? But it's also a text. It's a script. So Helio font <laughs> is like to show the sun or the language of the sun, the script of the sun, which is what the, um, you know, the priest class has always been about encoding 
the mysteries of the sun and the logos in the actual logia, the language. So, Joshua, I see that you are with us, my friend. Can you say hello? Many meows. Meow. <clears throat> Pardon me. I, uh, I'm a cat man. Uh, yeah. So, this has been a long standing, um, you know, cryptogram of sorts. Uh, I mean, since 2012, this has been a hotly contested, um, debated, decoded piece of media. Um, and yeah, you know, a month is, is sounds about right. You know, you could spend a lot longer than that on it. And what I was enjoying so much about this gathering is how we're all coming from different backgrounds. Some of us have seen it a hundred times. <laughs> some of us have seen it once. Um, some of us have a biblical background. Some of us have, you know, different backgrounds. So I'm really excited to see what comes out of this that I hadn't already you know, seen from my perspective. So I'm really excited about that. Very cool. Yeah. You guys have been preparing this information for quite a while. And uh, I admit <laughs> I'll be a little more just replying by the seat of my pants here, but this is something I did spend time on too, probably two, maybe one, one and a half, two years ago, still kind of late to the party. I had no idea any of this was a thing in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> the party's still going on, Chance. There's even things being fulfilled now, now that uh, are, are featured in the film. For instance, we'll see a scene with a girl with a tiger on her jacket. She's protesting like anti-nuclear, anti-war, that sort of thing. And um, we are now entering the year of the water tiger. So I think that even though this was from 2012, it, you know, retrospectively in hindsight, we can look back and see some of these things being fulfilled, but what, what did they really have? What was their workbook? You know, what, what kind of notes did they have in front of them? How did they know this stuff? So that's what I'm interested to see as well as what, what else is in there that we haven't yet realized, you know? Oh, Aaron. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm thinking about doing here would be because it's not very long. It's like seven minutes. We could play the actual video and just go scene by scene. So we'll watch like 20, 15, 20, 30 seconds at a time till kind of there's a scene change. And then Andy has provided us with a nice slideshow of screenshots so that we can hone in on some of the aspects. And then I know that we have our own private little telegram group chat going on about this. So as we go, just tell me if there's something in that group chat that's been forwarded there uh, as we talk and I'll pull that up too. So I'll do my best to facilitate all this, but what do you think? Should we kick it off and watch the, uh, the first couple moments of it here? Yeah. It's kind of built up and anticipated. There's also a website so you did mention Heliophant, and uh, I did forward the the link there. So you can go ahead and drop that in the chat whenever you like. But that will also have a dossier of each of the characters and a little bit of a, like a blurb and what they're named. So after we watch it, we can go back to that and kind of look um, at, at, you know, at the bios, quote unquote, of each of the characters. Not all of them get a bio, but some of them do. And I don't necessarily agree with all the bios. I have to say that too. Well, it's one of those things where the uh, the art takes on 
life and meaning of its own, even beyond what the creator's stated intentions are. Yeah, like he was channeling it or something, or they rather. I don't think it was definitely not the work of one person. So I don't know if there was just somebody involved that was like highly <laughs> steeped in esotericism and they're like, man, I been waiting for an opportunity like this <laughs> just throw in all the spices yeah. or if it was a big collective effort and they're all you know bringing their own spice to the party i guess you could say right you know oh yeah so heliophant is one is a group not one guy here on the website but yeah. what is interesting is like do they just exist to do this one thing because the website only really lists ipet goat too there's a couple other films on their media page but it seems to be all about this one thing. Well, it, can, it makes me think of the Georgia Guidestones and how they were kind of done, right? So, you know, sure, that probably cost a lot. Sure, you know, there was a lot going on to make it happen. But in the end, it was just about the one thing. And what I think is interesting about the two to compare is George Bush shows up in both of these. So, I mean, George Bush's birthday is when they were demolished, right? Right. And the you know, three two two ties. So. You know, they're putting them back together again. Oh, Humpty Dumpty is going back together again, eh? That's right. They got all the king's well, horses and all the king's men to give all the conspiracy theorists their wet dreams again. <laughs> <laughs> you even rhymed it, Gabe. That's news to me. <laughs> uh, just one thought. Uh, before I forget it. And I've been thinking about it a lot lately. You know, what we do when we, you know, decode these works, I've been thinking of it as a parallel uh, to the wisdom of the crowd and how they can put a jar full of gumballs or Skittles and get a hundred people to guess how many are in the jar. And it gets fairly accurate. The more people uh, start to guess, you get a thousand people, it gets even more accurate. And so I think it's a good metaphor for what we're doing right now. You know, we we put our collective minds together and communed and, you know, uh, uh, interpreted it years ago when it came out. And every year we're coming back and getting more accurate and more uh, value out of what is, you know, just a very... Uh, interesting artistic expression. And so that's something I think is kind of, I don't know, makes sense uh, why we get value out of these works that we do. You know, the same thing with the marvelous demystifiers, you know, these artists just put these things out and then we bring our, all of our collective frames of reference together and we get way more than the artists probably intended in the first uh, installments. Exactly. Because they're channeling it, Gabe. Big time. They're just, they're just vessels. That's right, buddy. Okay, well, here we, we go. We're going to start this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll start this first part of the clip here. And uh, yeah, let's enjoy this ride. It's like, it, remi <laughs> it reminds me of one of those like uh, animatronic pirate Disney rides where there's like, you know, robots jumping out at you <laughs> exactly. and you're riding on the boat through the, through the stream. <laughs> it's horror for sure. Oh, make sure it's in high def. Cause yeah, there is like, options available. Yeah. I've got a very good, I'm, I'm all set. Here we go. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, we're going to stop with just that because <laughs> there's slides on just that part. So the goat pops out. <laughs> I mean, the goat's got a barcode on his face or on his forehead. There's a lot there. So let me get Andy's slideshow. I'm going to change how I'm screen sharing it so that we can be on uh, our faces can be up while the video is playing. But that's sort of unnecessary commentary. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I had to do this through Firefox today because Chrome wasn't working. So settings are a little it's off. Okay. But here we go. You're not doing bad. <laughs> <laughs> So what's uh what's your thoughts on this particular screenshot here, Andy? All right. So when I first was doing my first decodes of it, like way back in like 2015 or whatever, um, I had noticed that like all the letters, like some of them are capital and some of them are lowercase, right? Like, and it, it doesn't even kind of make sense. Like, I guess it does, but... Like the O looks like a capital O, even though the rest of the like vowels, right? The, <laughs> they're all lowercase. So like the A and the E are lowercase. So I was like, well, that reminds me of like some algebra or something. So then I got down this whole rabbit hole of like physics. And I was like, well, the color red, that must represent something. Because why are some of them red and some of them are white? Like that's kind of weird too. Like, so I found out about like these things called quarks and gluons. And so the quarks come in three colors, which is, um, red, blue, and green. And then gluons, they can be like a whole range of colors. So you do notice that they change to gold, all the red ones, but the white ones stay white. And I think that mean, meant that they were supposed to be like neutral in that equation or whatever. Um, but I thought it was interesting because a lot of people tie this video in with CERN, especially considering the goat coming out of the black hole on the box, um, which I think that box also represents like the black cube of Saturn, but obviously it's just wood, which would have its own meaning behind that. Um, but I also looked at it this time from an alchemical perspective would be um, like the red and the white, um, like red mercury and then into gold, obviously very common alchemical thing. I'm not like, super into alchemy but i did look into it a bit like before for something else so there's a couple different ways to look at it there and it's kind of a common theme for like different kind forms of art and like literature to um encode uh formulas into different types of things so i was kind of trying to figure out what that was <laughs> Yeah, the first stages of alchemy would be like black, white, red, and yellow. It's funny because in the chat, someone was like, everyone has wrenches, and you say, we're fans of Tool. Well, there's that <laughs> there's that song, Lateralis. Actually, the whole album is yeah, man. chemical symbolism. Seeing. Well, and that's also <laughs> the stages of development psychology for psychologically, rather, for a child. You first see those certain shades. It's only after some degree of development 
that you develop the ability to see other colors. And so we'll notice that as we transition from this scene to the next, they are in school. That's a really good point. And it's interesting that there's a missing T at the beginning. It's just the pet goat or pet Goa, I should say. <laughs> Makes me think of like a boa anyway. And the, the A uh, kind of looks like a D. So it would be like pet God. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, please note also there's this is a heliophant. So it's a. The other thing that they're re- referencing here is the the gospel, the gospels, which are the uh, originally the Greek word would be tragedias or tragedias. I'm saying that totally butchering that, but the word that we get gospel from is essentially the Greek word for goat song or goat spell. <laughs> so the gospel is the God spell, the goat song. That's what tragedies are. And when we watch this, it's like definitely uh, got tragedy vibes to it. And it is a story with this sun god character. So it seems to be the main character. So the idea that this is like initiating the whole thing with the idea of a, a goat. This is a goat spell. This is definitely like this is the gospel script scripture that... It's clearly been played off of in the last 10 years, very much so in a programming or predictive way. And then there was a great comment about from uh, D Zarda about the cube having six sides. So before the uh, last letter flies in here, we have three cubes with letters on it and then three cubes with letters on it. So this is like six times six times six, which is your 216, Gabriel. Oh, man. <laughs> Is there that you're way ahead of me, bro? <laughs> I stole that from you. But when you put them together, you get 432. Right. Two sixteens right. are 432. So that's, that's interesting. Yes. So, so some of my observations right off the bat is this is, for one, we have the bellwether. It's got the bell on his neck. That is the bellwether goat. It's the lead goat. It's telling you follow along closely. It's also saying that the events to come will follow what is about to be the path that is about to be laid. So the bellwether goat is a good thing to understand psychologically, considering there are people in this world who consider us animals. But the bellwether is castrated. That's an important thing to know. That's right. Which means all the goats who follow the bellwether, all that they can see is the scar on the lead goat. They're all focusing on the castration scar, which uh, very much makes me think about Saturn sitting at the North Pole and being castrated, and, and we are following that yes. north, northern alignment, that axial alignment. The, the goat has three heads. While it's moving around, there are three heads. That's cubed. We're going to see a lot of cubalistic information in all of the letters. And he's in a cube, yeah. And also that has the the feeling of like hypnosis or psychedelia or trance. Nice. The way yeah. that they had it. We'll, we'll watch that first couple seconds again. Very Saturnian. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Mowgli scene from Jungle Book where the snake is hypnotizing him. Good call. Oh, yeah. Some type of hypnotic effect. I um, mean, when the scene opens, I, I just noticed this today when I watched it in high def. <laughs> um, 
but it opens with a door. The barbed wire is tethered to a doorknob. And I thought that was a really weird uh, way to open it, you know, because that, that it didn't really seem to fit. So I was trying to think of how that, well, what that was symbolic of, you know, and I really wasn't sure. But you also see some graffiti on the cube itself. And it's an authoritarian figure with a dog that says bark or wolf rather actually. And he's holding uh, a pistol. So, you know, there's probably a lot to unpack there, but that's the opening scene. You know, it's like this concentration style concentration camp style environment that happens at the school and the camp. Neil just posted in the vibrant telegram channel that he went over to the original post of the video and it's got 11,000 comments exactly as we're, <laughs> as we're looking at it. And the, even the II of IPEC goat two is kind of like an 11. And then the other thing that I found interesting just about the way it's titled is how like the I is separated from the pet goat by a comma and a comma is a is also like phonetically a coma and this entire time like the i or the self or the the inner light or the christos is asleep as it's going through this <laughs> petting zoo <laughs> you could call it so i find that interesting too the uh the, the i is separate from the other part of this by the the comma coma so i just did the gamatria on ipet goat and now that I've found the match function on the Gamatronator, I will, I'm already right off the top. I'm seeing a lot of, and I'm in, I'm looking at it in nine different ciphers, which is a lot to, to find matches in that many ciphers is, uh, makes it a little more powerful, a little more compelling, but I got to read to you guys a couple right off the top here without getting lost in the sauce which is exactly what the match button will do to you. <laughs> It'll take your whole day away from you if you mess with the match button too long. But listen to these. This is nuts. And I shared it in the Telegram if anybody wants to, or just do your own. Uh, I would pull it up. It's just a little blurry. It, yeah, it is kind of small. Guys, this is crazy. Okay, colored AZ family, which is Azazel. Uh, the second goat is sacrificed off the cliff to Azazel. So AZ family, testicle, I am wrath, Schumann, R.R. Duncan, FedEx way, uh, Peron Klub. I don't know what that is. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to hit the good ones here. But I REM sleep is a really good one. What's that? REM sleep, R-E-M sleep. Whoa. That's... Marijuana. Fortel. Fortel. Another thing we got to point out, Gabriel, too, that this in English ordinal is a 93. Yep. So we have that like Thelema number. In yes. full reduction, it's a 39. In single reduction, it's a 39. And actually yep. in four of the ciphers here you have, it's a 39, which is just the 93 reverse. Bacon it's Gematria, it's 119, which is 911. <laughs> Wait, so no, I'm wild. sorry. That's not a match. Okay. It's different. 33 in Chaldean. Uh, and Lucas pointed out that in the septenary Gematria, which I think is, if you're going to just use one, that's the one to do for English, that if you make the I of IPET goat a one, 
like a Roman numeral I. Yeah. Then it's <laughs> pet goat is 32. So that I one is a 33. Illuminati confirmed. Illuminati confirmed. I got Nazareth, Megatron, RD Temple. There's so much. So let's just put it this way so we don't get lost in the sauce. <laughs> People should go and get on Gamatronator, put in iPad Go, and just go down this list because there's a lot of, I mean, there, there's a lot of matches, very powerful matches. You know, even 37 in Septenary, uh, that's a powerful one. Going back to what uh, we did with uh, Lucas, with L.C. King on that episode, 37 was like a keystone number. Very powerful stuff. Also, there's three words. I, pet, goat is three words, cubalistic. And I already made an anagram right off the top of my head. Pi, P-I, get, G-E-T, T-A-O, tau. And pi and tau are strongly uh, associated mathematically. Uh, tau is twice pi. And that's also the ancient one. T-A-O is the ancient one. And it's also 216, tax, T-A-X. T-A-O is 216. High magic's in that, in that little series of words. Can somebody explain uh, why 93 is the greeting <clears throat> for Thelema? I know that it is, but I, I don't know exactly how it's derived. Because I know 418 is associated with Babylon. But why is 93 important? Uh, well, I, I do know that they are hailing back to the Rosicrucians. They are not one and the same, but they are. there is a lineage in secret societies to uh, hail to the elders, to the source of the mathematical knowledge. So it goes from whatever group you're in in modern days, they're just proving their roots back to the Rosicrucians, and the Rosicrucians prove their roots back to the Pythagorean. Pythagoreans. Oh, okay. So, can, so it's like a pedigree. Bingo. Great word. Great. That's a great word to describe it. Yep. Yeah, it's an R and a C. Uh, nine and three is an R and a C. Well, that's R.C. Christian was the uh, Guidestones guy. Yeah. Right. I feel you, man. Thanks. I appreciate you got that. it. You got it, man. One thing that I, I find pleasure in is just proving the consistency of these uh, secret societies going back to ancient times. Because people think, oh, secret societies, that's just fraternal orders doing circle jerks on cookies. No, these guys go all the way back, all the way back, consistent, the more consistent, the more ancient, the more powerful. Either that or there actually is a helio font <laughs> indeed indeed or well, some of both like i've been wondering a lot lately if the because i keep noticing more modern words and phrases that seem to they had to have emerged organically that can like fit this language code from the ancient world still consistently and i and the synchronicities that emerge in your own observation of these things as you get into syncretism Makes me think that maybe like what if the whole point of the priesthoods and secret societies originally wasn't so much about trying to like cast their spells onto the public, but that they're getting together and doing what we do and just trying to find the logos emergent in natural systems and human, you know, human interaction. 
because it appears to be there. Every group has a Crowley. <laughs> and then you get a group of Crowleys. And that's what we're looking at. It looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, I'm going to. I wanted to ahead. mention one more detail about the goat here that I didn't notice till today. So it does have a barcode on its forehead, like you mentioned, but it actually has a 666. So when I looked at it in high def, there for a moment, you are able to see that. Now, again, this was produced in 2012. So sure, you know, people might want to say, oh, well, the Bible, blah, blah, blah. Well, 666 is only mentioned in one verse, and that's Revelation 13, 16, 18. So Revelation 13, 16 through 18, rather. So if you look really closely, you'll see the 666 in the middle um, brow there between the goat's eyes. So, you know, 2012 was prior on the third eye. A lot of these things. Yeah, exactly. And so we'll see a character here later named Draco who has one eye. And the Bible in chapter, uh, Zechariah 11, 17, it talks about the mark of an idle shepherd being one eye and having a withered right arm. So we'll see that kind of crop back up as well. But, but yeah, man, didn't want to skip over that because that's pretty blatant. I just want to point out right here, since you're paused, there's Feu right in the corner there of the Saturn's cube is what I think it is. So uh, definitely oh, some. Yeah. Oh, the rune? The rune? Yeah. Good catch. <laughs> and Saturn is a cube, right? So, hmm. Also, the lights above are like three by three, and that uh, the magical square of Saturn is a three by three magical square. Mario says, Mario says here, all barcodes encode 666. Do you mean like all barcodes everywhere all the time or just in this film? Because there's a lot of barcodes, actually. I think it's the middle, the beginning, middle, and end specifically code to six. So the numbers in between can be different. But the three bars in the beginning, middle, and end happen to also be six six six. I think. Yeah, and here's bar. A, here's, so bar is an ancient name for Saturn. That's why you have the bar association and, and all that with the judges and the lawyers or attorneys. But also, bar is a more ancient word for both corn and sun, like your offspring, a son, and like a seed. So, like whenever they called. Jesus in the more apocryphal text, Jesus Bar Panther. They're saying son of Bar Panther's son of Panther. Interesting. Well, what's the goat behind there, Chance? Barbed wire. Barbed wire. And then ah. when we see the, the Jesus character, he has barbed wire wrapped around his Indeed, head. He does. Covering the third eye as well, just like the barcode on the third eye of the goat. And of course, <laughs> Jesus is the ram or the lamb, and uh, a goat and a ram have a lot in common, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed. Yeah, I didn't know that about barcodes, but <laughs> I probably noticed that before, and I was just like, no, can't be. I'm looking, at the, I'm looking at the sticker on the bottom of my mug, like, is there, there's no numbers on the barcode. <laughs> I know I was late. <laughs> But did you mention that this was the one year Vibran anniversary? 
I yeah, I did. Happy birthday, okay, Vibrant. Well, just in case you didn't, I wanted to make sure you did. <laughs> sorry for being late again. <laughs> kids are right. baby goats. Well, it's never late, buddy. You well, arrive precisely when you meant meow. to. Yeah, I was at trivia night with dinner. So should we progress a little forward here? <laughs> we can yeah, see the, the hypnotic goat the classroom comes up next and this is why it's named i pet goat is because of this classroom scene that actually harkens back to the the scene of george bush reading i pet goat to a classroom full of children so oh yeah the book was literally called i pet goat what a weird yeah. ass name for a children book i just noticed two smokestacks in the background here <laughs> yeah good catch because those get destroyed later i think Well, <laughs> 18 seconds in and I know, dude, right? <laughs> and 18 is 666, six, six plus 6 plus 6. So there you go. Yeah. It's Illuminati confirmed. There's All one right, more thing uh, oh, before the classroom that I want to touch on. It's just right before the classroom, but I just want to kind of explain that part. But we can, it's in the slides. <laughs> there is one more thing on this image. We've got a man being pulled by his dog which is probably, I've heard before people say that's a wag the dog uh, implication there. Well, and notice also the concertina wire is bent inward. That's to keep the goat and all other occupants in, not out. Right, probably. uh, probably, It is indeed a concentration camp. Yes, and even, you know, that's what people always used to say about the border wall is like, Oh, you think that's to keep people out? Just wait till they flip the script, and that's going to be keeping everybody in. And the the comments are just really good right now, too. There is nothing we wanted to say about before the goat pops out, right? We have this scratched-in man walking. uh, It looks like it's actually like a shark, actually. It's a shark with legs. (laughs) If I had to guess what it is, maybe it's a dog. I don't know. Freaking shark with a freaking laser beam. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Okay, we'll we'll uh move forward here. So notice these hands holding the puppet strings, marionette strings specifically. Yeah. He has the money ring on his ring on his like marriage ring finger. That's also awesome. yeah. snake. It's a snake, by the way. Yeah. What? Can I have a slide on that too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank so, you. That's easier than yeah. me trying to pause it here. Let me pull. You were paused like right a, at the right spot, though. Oh, there we go. Like yeah. So. Two rings. Yeah. What's this bleeding thing so on that's the a right scarab, finger? I think it looks like a scarab to me. It's kind of crude looking, but yeah. So I did some digging on like ring placements. And so, hold on, let me get my notes quick. Um, the left hand is for receiving. So on the, the money hand, is it, they're receiving money or gold for um, what they're giving out is the killing of or the bloodshed of the scarab. And then also, which would be I translate it to the death of Ra. And then um, the middle finger 
is also covered in blood, and it looks like a 71. I just found that interesting. I don't know if that really means anything. Oh, nice catch. But, um, yeah, the middle finger represents Jupiter. So that's also can be with, like, career and stuff. So if I'm not, if I'm thinking right, then Jupiter is, like, career and stuff like that. And relate, like, out. Outer world relationships. Reputation, yeah. Yeah. In the meridian system of our body, the ring finger connects to the triple warmer, which is like the the bag or the sack uh, that holds the rest of the organs in. So it's kind of funny that on the finger representing money or the serpent, serpent as well is like the part of your organ system that is the bag holding everything else, like a bag of of goods and then on the index finger that relates to your large intestine so it's very like root digestive fire type uh, dantian energy and it's interesting that yeah you have this blood red coming off of that finger and then the middle finger in the meridian system is the lungs okay i got a lot just occurred to me Uh, and it's I have a whole lot just occurred to me. This is, whoo, all right. Let me try to get it all concise and, oh, my God. So he's talking about because, <laughs> who is this? Who is this? Oh, good point. Yep. Uh, definitely placenta, the tethers, the tethers, the connection. Okay. There's so much in my mind right now. Okay. 22. Notice that he's got 22. He's showing the 22 with his fingers here, right? 22nd prime number. Thank you, Marty Leeds. I just learned this last weekend. And the hands appear 20 seconds into, like 22 seconds into it. I'm not sure exactly, but let me just double check. Uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. 22 seconds in is when they appear. (laughs) Okay, check this out. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm pretty freaking sure. I've got this figured out. 22nd prime number is 79. 79 is the atomic number for gold. And just recently, uh, I learned an alchemical procedure that relates to converting uh, cinnabon or cinnabar, <laughs> cinnabar into gold. So we have the red mercury on one hand, we have the cross, the crucible, the transitional space, and we have the gold on the other hand. And it's signaling the 22, which in the list of primes hails to 79, the atomic number for gold. And At 22 letters, seconds, it appears, just to for sure yeah. verify what you're saying. <laughs> right. And the letters come in in the color of gold. So these guys know this alchemical process uh, for sure. And then they're no longer cubes. They're just the two-dimensional squares. Which makes sense because after the cut, (laughs) then the uh, entire story gets translated onto the paper, on paper C. Which, by the way, this is kind of obvious now that I reflect on it, but we talk about how like the papacy rules the paper C, the papal, the papal C it's called. <laughs> and the L that damn LR switch in languages, man, papal is paper. 
They on it. Okay, let's uh, play. <laughs> See if we can get ourselves to a little further in there. Oh, yeah, sure, Josh. I just, um, <clears throat> although we haven't seen his face yet, that those were the hands of the Draco character that we'll see later. So if you notice, his hands were covered with scales. So he's also wearing the serpentine ring. So he's married to the world, has money and material wealth as his domain. Um, like Andy was saying, um, given this dowry for this work. So the left hand does the dirty work. The right hand gets the richest, like a whirling dervish takes in the blessings from the right, dispenses them from the left, etc. So yeah, I just wanted to add that in. And of course the X can also represent your analemma or your, your time of crossing. Uh, Cause later when we see the little girl sitting in the middle of the circle with the 12 figures around her that represent the Zodiac, in my opinion, um, we're also seeing some emphasis put on certain times of the year. So we can talk more about that later, but that could also be kind of a oblique reference to like the North pole and the crossing, you know, like Gabe was kind of talking about the North. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm done with that. I just want to, you know, that yeah, that's, a, that's great. I just, I just, like who, whose that. eye is watching us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I've actually made a mistake in previous uh, shows uh, where I've mentioned that it's Hydra who is circling around the North Pole. And Hydra is in that vicinity, but I meant to say Draco. It's actually Draco that I was thinking about. So that uh, that confirms what you were saying, Joshua. It is Draco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I'll tell you, man, they're related species. Another interesting thing about the whole serpent deal here is that, you know, since we're talking, this is cubalism, right? We can't leave out the Hebrew aspect of things. And the word for serpent in Hebrew is nakash. (laughs) And this word signifies more than just snake, depending on context. It could mean to view or observe intently. So that's like watcher. (laughs) this reflects in so many Uh, languages, like in Greek, the word uh, Draco refers to like a flash of light or also to, to watch or to glare. So that's like like watching, but with malintent and to continue on the whole, like Nakash weave other words mean to divine as in like to prophesy. (laughs) And this whole thing is very divinatory or programmatory, whatever you want to say. To, it could mean to use enchantments. It could refer to chains or fetters. And what is this serpent character doing? He's not, it's not chains, but you know, he's fettered. Yeah. There's, he's fettering the, the George W. Bush them. puppet. Yeah. They're possessed by him. They've made the deal with the devil. When you said flash, like a lightning, Obama shows up in this and his name, Barack Obama, Barack is another word for lightning as well. So, so interesting. Thank you so much for mentioning that. I know we're <laughs> not even a minute into this. I'm, I'm done, man. We'll do what we got to do. <laughs> this is really fun. I know the people out there getting a kick out of it. Uh, this is, I bet that this will end up being the best decode of iPad go to on the whole internet. Word. No doubt. 
I've seen a lot of them that just don't cut the mustard. So I'm really glad to finally be a part of one. Okay. I'm going to hit play. I was just thinking more about Nakash. Like I, it's been a while since I read Pierre Sabak, but if I pulled up this book behind me, the murder of reality about the brotherhood of the snake, I'm sure I could find all kinds of other languages where the word words for reptiles and snakes and serpents also refer to watching and observing. So even like seraphim. (laughs) Yeah, they were, that was their order. Seraphim. Correct. The winged serpents. That's what America means. Land of the plume serpents. Damn. All right. Let's play a little more. Oh yeah. Okay. NB, NDB 820 says the, uh, the dollar sign is kind of like the serpent on the rod Moses made. Exactly. Okay. So that brass serpent on the rod is the epitome of the Nakash because it symbolized with the serpent. One of the words for Nakash meanings for Nakash is brass. <laughs> so it's also like enchanted or enchants people. There's so much to it. So yeah. And there's something to keep in mind there is that the reasons of, so that serpent raised up on that staff fixed to it. It was fixed to the cross. That's very alchemical sounding and, and phonetically. Which um, is what, yeah, it, that's what the brass serpent is. It's like on a pike or a pole. And it was uh, raised as a symbol of salvation. So this was pre-Jesus. And um, this was because the people had sinned and they went after the golden calf. You know, they were, they kept whoring after other gods. So this, so that, at what we consider angels, quote unquote, the ones that are tasked with keeping the law, essentially, they were just plaguing the people like serpents. They were feathered serpents plaguing the people and biting them and stuff. And the people were freaking out and begging for mercy. And they begged Moses to create. And he talked to God and God's like, all right, do this with a serpent on a pole. And if they look at it and believe they'll be saved. So is that like a reference to the raising of the Kundalini? Um, You know, and also the left hand is symbolic of venom of God, which these serpents were basically plaguing the people for their sinfulness. Right. So yeah, there's a lot to that, man. And, but then also Christ himself refers to this in John, when he says that the son of man has to be raised up like the serpent in the wilderness for the salvation of all humankind. So it, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's, it's something to, it's something to study. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually like Salvatore is a word for a serpent exactly. and is also oh. where we get salvation. Exactly. There's a lot to that. Yeah, yeah. man. I, you know, it's funny, uh, Josh, that we're talking about this because I have been deeply meditating on that particular story today. And that's good, man. Yes, there's a lot. Just ruminate on the word like a goat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. There's a lot of value to it. I've been thinking about it as like in the context of modern day that, you know, like we people get so attached to the medical system that there's a dependency and they start wondering, why are so many people unhealthy? Why are so many people dying? And then Moses has to hold the symbol of the medical industry in their face and make them stare at it. And then it's also they're like, the World Health Organization insignia, mind you. Until, yeah. Yep. Until it dawns on them, like, oh, mm-hmm. 
we did this to our fucking selves. <laughs> and it's because, the serpent. because of the medical industrial complex. Yeah, it's a very valuable lesson. And then they and then they actually go on to worship it too much even after that. Even after they realize it. So it's like a, a cure for denial is to admit and perceive what is ailing you. But then they continue to attach to it to uh, accept to excess. Uh, and I, I think there's well, a also the concept of removing the scales from your eyes, which, of course, serpents have scales. And, nice. of course, nice. uh, Dan, tribe of Dan, which means judge, is associated with the serpent and also scales of judgment. So I've, I'm riffed on that too much. But that's in the time of the fall, uh, Virgo. Yeah, okay. Uh, we're in the weeds, but I'll just throw in one more thing on the whole snake dragon weave here, Draco weave. Dagon, right? We've heard of Dagon. It's a name yeah. associated with a fish deity associated with Saturn. Dagon, Dag, D-A-G. Read that backwards like Hebrew. It's Gad. Gad is Ad. Ad is Buddha. Gad is God. Gad is <laughs> basically Gad God. was one of the 12 tribes. Yeah, so Dagon is Gad on or the God on. On is the sun. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get us to tap dancing George Bush here. Okay, let's do it. Okay, good place to pause here. <laughs> There's so much just in the background here. It's ridiculous. I'll pull up Andy's slides here. Um, got a little bit dark for whatever reason when I shared things through StreamYard, but I'll just point out what I noticed right away that are kind of obvious. <laughs> got, got a house on fire. The house is on fire. Got a lightning bolt schisming the left and right, the masculine and feminine dividing the mind and the brain and we got a dragon right here all of that and a checkerboard floor too yeah so when i first was the, my first go around at this decode or whatever which is just for myself for fun um i was trying to figure out like who this lady could be um because I had not seen the full video of him like reading the book, which she does look a lot like the lady from there, but it also to me looks like Kamala Harris. If she like had a little bit too much McDonald's. Um, and it, it, once it gets close to her face, you'll kind of see that more because she has the light eyes and everything. And at the time they were kind of pushing her for the, um, for the next, instead of Biden or whatever. So, um, yeah. May I? And he's in a star here. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, he Draco makes him the star. The dragon gives the on his power. Head. He gives the power to his servants. We read about this in Revelation as well, with the beast being given the power from the dragon. And we see the dragon in the background. Somebody mentioned earlier the two hands represent like the hemispheres of the brain. And I mentioned to them how that would come up again later. So in the background, prior to him tap dancing out in front, you'll see there's a brain back there with a lightning bolt between the two hemispheres and a dragon sitting beside it. There might even be another something behind Bush uh, on the other side of the brain, but I can't recall. Yeah, there is. There's a little type of equation thing. Oh, yeah, the F scale. Yeah. So just a quick riff on the D and the cone. That is, uh, so D is, D is four. The cone is a triangle. That's three. That's the quadrivium and the trivium. It's also D, C. And it's also, if you reverse the word cone, you get Enoch. And I'm quite sure he's insinuating that he knows the language, the Enochian keys. He's savvy to all of the wisdom of John D. with that dunce cap. The, there's also the D chord, which is the devil's note. Yeah. Nothing, there's nothing really good associated with, <laughs> with that from what I can tell. The dunce hat is what, like the jester fool. Cheney pointed out hanged man because they're playing hangman on the chalkboard as well. So I'll throw in a couple of things about the POTUS with the dunce hat. <laughs> this is good, real good gravy from Dylan Sicosio's fourth book, God's Acre for Winds of the Soul. He points out that in Latin, POTUS means to drink, but in, in pertinence to being drunk, right? <laughs> like the POTUS here, who is clearly drunk on something, maybe drunk on the illusion of power. And interesting, too, he's prancing about, right? Another word in Latin, prancus, means to overconsume in reference to drinking and being drunk. So he, the potus is prancus, <laughs> drunk on his own power. And then um, he points out later in the book about the word dunce is actually a reference mm. to a group of uh, clergymen or theologians, really, that were trained by the, the cloister. Back in like a long time ago, I'm not exactly sure where, but they they actually coined a lot of words that we use currently. And he lists a few of the words that these, they're called the schoolmen, coined. Real, real, virtual, entity, non-entity, equivocation, objective, subjective. Think about those words coined by the schoolmen whose most prominent teachers was a man named John Duns Scotus, like spelled exactly like the acronym for Supreme Court of the United States. And the uh, <clears throat> basically it says here that the word he was called John Duns. So the word Duns, which gave way to Dunce, was used as an expression of those of the new learning style to use it against those of the old language style basically so i find that interesting uh that the dunce connects us to scotus 
Supreme Court of the United States. I don't know. But definitely the the POTUS is Prancis and he appears to be drunk or intoxicated. Hmm. That may be one of those things that is just synchro mystic logos coming through. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe they knew Latin and they knew the Prancis POTUS was needed to seem drunk for it to all resonate. So, oh man, there's so much right there that you just laid down. So I, I got to share, this isn't uh, a Dylan Sicoccio original, the connection of SCOTUS and the Scottish right of Freemasonry. So that word SCOTUS, Supreme court of the United States is flaunting and everybody dancing in front of everybody's face in mockery that it is, you know, secret societies all the way to the tippy, tippy, tippy top. And then another thing about Dunn's is Dunn and Bradstreet. That's where all the social securities, that's where corporate personhood is all nested. It's nested at the tippy, tippy top. There's a lot of gravy on that. I got to tell you guys about my dream here in a second. I'm going to wait till we get to the next couple minutes, but I had a dream that was totally inspired by this project we've been doing. So we also see on here besides the owl and, uh, you know, you got to have a penis drawn on the chalkboard and a shark. Not sure what the shark is about yet, but I I feel like the shark showed up earlier. Anyway, there is a map in the back. I'm seeing the Oklahoma City bombing. I'm seeing 9-11. I'm seeing Hurricane Katrina. I'm seeing the Haiti crisis. Deepwater Horizon, potentially. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's a little bit closer to that. All these things preceded. And New York's not yet happened. Of course, they're doing drills and infomercials about how to what to do in the event of a nuclear explosion. So, well, unless you found New York on there as being the 9-11 event. Well, that's possible, too. Uh, (laughs) We have to look at it really close to see exactly where that pins at. Looks like New York to me. I had to guess, but I'd say it's going to be a dirty bomb type of scenario or one of the tidal wave type nuclear explosions under the sea. It'll be something like that. Probably. No, I think Russia nukes are fake and gay. Well, whatever. I'm just, we got three, <laughs> but they want to scare everyone into nukes. I also want to point out the three hearts here. That's like the three of hearts and tarot, which everybody interprets oh, as hearts like heartbreak, but in like a more, more serious esoteric analysis of three of hearts. I would call it like uh, some kind of challenge or adversity to overcome. That doesn't, doesn't have, have a heart with, with, is that what, is that the heart with the swords in it? Yeah. And then right That's away, it's the heart with three swords going through it. Yeah. But then so they have a real heart beneath the board. So I, I find that that's the only one that's real in this whole video. Yeah, and showing the red and blue of the heart, which the heart mm-hmm. does do that. Part of it is pumping blue blood and part is pumping red blood as it's uh, receiving oxygen, unoxygenated blood and pumping out oxygenated blood. Nice. So I want to, mm. while we're talking about uh, oxygenated and unoxygenated, uh, well, the missing letters are uh, IOU. This word is in debt. It's in debt. It's missing. It's absent. It has three voids, and those three letters missing are I, O, and U. 
definitely a lot of fiat mm-hmm. currency encoded into that absence of information. They're all vowels too. And vowels. Io is a name for the solar deity. Yo, yeah. Io. And so Yo, is you. You could also pronounce it as you. <laughs> so you, ya, Io, Io, you. Who do we owe? <laughs> Good question. I like that point about the twins. You know, every birth is a, you know, there are two things born in every birth, baby and placenta. That's pretty, that's pretty good weave right there. Um, something that's more visible now is the F equals negative F. Oh, yeah. uh, Andy and I were talking about this and uh, that can mean like a, she was talking about, in physics, it can mean vectors. And uh, also, I found something about a personality test known as the F scale um, that determines the probability that somebody would become a fascist dictator or whatever. So the two people we have sitting in front of this are Bush and Obama. And behind them, we have the representation of the F scale or fascist scale. And then how I learned about that was by getting into Radio Free Albums by Philip K. Dick, because that movie, or the book turned movie, was all about totalitarianism and resisting it, etc. So that's how I ran across the F scale. But pretty interesting um, because the, yeah, well, the, ty- the tyrants are given their authority from the dragon. Hey, go ahead, Andy. Oh, one more thing about the F. Um equals negative f well a couple more things so with the physics aspect being involved the capital f means force um and then the vector is like space so it's a oh wait space force that's weird okay (laughs) 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 and then but i was thinking like oh the real force is no no force, like just to make everybody choose it wow. for themselves. Um, but also Stacy Sunshine shared a couple weeks ago something about Schedule F, which was something that was supposed to go through under the Trump um, administration, oh. but then didn't. Um, and it would have changed because there's this like alleged secret fourth branch that's like all the administrative work or whatever. Um, and it never went through to like kind of cancel out some of their power. So that could have something to do with that. Um, yeah. And then I did want to say um, on the green dragon thing with the, where it is on the brain. Um, I looked up both a phrenology thing and an actual brain map and it's showing, so it's showing on the right side, which would be the male side in a, um, on the phrenology map, it's in the hopes and dreams kind of sex- section. And then in the actual brain map, it's in the memory section. So, um, I'd go with what, phrenology on that one because uh, memories are not stored in the brain. <laughs> Although, I guess the capacity to recall memories might have some neurological function, but that's, yeah, that's a good one. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. <laughs> That's all I got um, on that. The crush is at midnight. We have evolution up here. Just reminding everybody, your monkeys and uncle 
And your uncle's a monkey. And before that, he was a fish, apparently. You know, often you don't see this whole like classic trope of ape erecting to man with a fish before it. So the fish feel like that's pretty relevant. And then uh, pointed out in the chat, somebody caught that the EVO and the hangman is lowercase and the rest is uppercase. I think that is clear referring to the inversion of love being evil. Well, and love is right there too with the hearts. So yeah, there's interesting. Yeah. And another fascinating thing is uh, the tetragrammaton yad, Hey, Vav, Hey, another way of transliterating it into English letters, aside from the traditional Y H V H. It could also be transliterated as E V E L or E V E. (laughs) So, you know, like there's a lot there. I won't hang us up on that, but that could be an abbreviation for a Asher a or something like that, which is I am that I am something like that. Maybe. Yeah. And we haven't even pointed out that George Bush literally did. We point out George Bush literally read a book. Yeah. About the pet guy uh, on 9-11. It's got its title. If you look at the top there, it looks like the last part of this evolution has been taped there. I just wanted to point that out because to me, it didn't make any sense why you'd go through the effort of adding a piece of scotch tape there. So it had to be somewhat symbolic. And it looks like the monkey, quote unquote monkey, (laughs) prior is holding a firearm. And then this one, he gets the corona or halo that you kind of see in the old paintings, you know. So it's almost like this forced evolution. Yeah, it's got nine raised. The force vector. And so it's like forced evolution. I wonder if the tape is a monolith, like a 2010 monolith. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or scotch or, you know. Maybe that's oh, Scottish. Yeah, the Scottish Scottish right. Yeah. Nice. Before we got off the shark <laughs> scene, uh, remember traditionally all V A C C I N E's are all provided squalene by sharks. But this particular C O V V A C C I N E um was the squalene was procured from exclusively from hybrid pythons in Florida. So for the first time ever, all over the world, everybody's getting doses of python in them instead of shark. So that's just one thing I wanted to point out is that I don't know what else shark could mean, but, you know, there you go. Sharks are also um, a type of Russian submarine. Oh, there's that. <laughs> well, may might be what causes the incident off the coast of New York because they have what they call the Poseidon, which is a nuclear, allegedly, a nuclear device that could cause a tsunami under the water and take out cities. So, yeah, maybe the shark launches the Poseidon. Yeah, and the shark oh. is also just like the most primal, ruthless predator you can imagine. It's like the vulture of the sea. It doesn't. (laughs) And they say about sharks that they, I don't know if this is true, but that a shark never stops moving. Correct. And that is interesting too, because it, you know, what do you need to attain some sort of spiritual 
insight or connectivity to source. You got to find stillness within. And the shark is kind of like the opposite of that symbolically. Okay. I got to stretch on the shark. The most famous cartoon shark is named <laughs> Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw is the famous oh, The jab, the jibby the jab. jab. There's a Damn, jab. Nice catch. Implied in squaling the shark. Is the, uh, is the adjuvant that's added, by the way, to make, to like turn on your immune system. To like say intruder alert, come and check this out and create antibodies for it. That's its task. Um, also, there's snowflakes down at the bottom. So before we get off that slide, we keep hearing about dark winter, um, which is also a big theme we see in the game. It's a video game franchise known as The Division. They quite literally talk about dark winter in the game and that's the exercise that they are running and what the, you know, they overthrow the government and all this. And it's like apocalypse basically occur or Armageddon rather. And, uh, the division are the people that arise up af- out of the ashes and like reform the United States government and stuff. So it's like the Phoenix rising from the ashes is the division. Um, Sunseed was talking about the division of the goats and the, lambs earlier so that kind of came to mind as well but it's strikingly similar to the kinds of rhetoric we hear nowadays because even biden himself was talking about a dark winter before this winter although now that we're seeing the food shortages and fuel shortages i would suspect that this winter might be the a darker winter at least now yeah. i'm really wondering about obviously we know that this is like traditionally said to be the devil horns or whatever, or the goat horns, the hand symbol that old W is doing here. But I wonder if anybody has any gravy on like mudras that that relates to. That is a word for evil. It's the devil horns to ward off evil. Because I know like in um, this mudra with the thumb actually covering the fingertips relates to disintegration. Disintegrating like in a clearing, releasing things that don't serve type of way. So with the thumb out, what the difference is energetically. That's the correct way to do like the devil horns. According to Ronnie James Dio, (laughs) he'll get (laughs) used to get really passionate about that. Like, don't do it the other way. Cause that's like, I think he said something about like, that's bringing it to you and not like, not actually, it was like because his family was like Italian or something, and that's like an Italian thing to ward off the devil with that mudra. So, not today, Satan. <laughs> maybe maybe I tomorrow. See, I don't know. That's a good good uh, thing to ponder. All right, I'm going to hit up the. We're going to see the next puppet president come onto the scene. Whose name means lightning. Wearing the cube head. <laughs> and then he winks at Kamala Harris. <laughs> and we see on the, uh, I guess this would be the, what do they call it? <laughs> 
where they have the words and teleprompter on his teleprompter. Oh, yeah. He's got the LOL. There. Nice catch. And Obama was definitely like a famous teleprompter talker, right? Oh, yeah. It's time to laugh. It's your cue. Can I tell yeah. you guys can I tell you guys my dream now, real quick? Hello, LOL and Septenary, by the way, is two two two. It's also one oh one Saturn. Hmm. So that gives us uh, another six as well with the Neo's apartment number was one hundred one. He's got yeah. the t- a touchless death white gloves. That's right, Cheney. He's wearing the white gloves. Yeah. So I'll d- I'll tell you guys my dream very quickly. It was I think two nights ago. I was dreaming that I was sleeping, and Barack Obama was hovering over my bed. <laughs> That's horrible. It was crazy. Incubus. And I was, I mean, it was very lucid. Uh, and I tried to ignore him. I tried to go back to sleep in my dream. And, uh, he, and he, uh, he stayed there. He refused to go anywhere. And he was, he was talking as though he was like giving a speech or practicing a speech uh, and trying to wake me up by being obnoxious. So eventually I had, I just, in my dream, woke up and was like, all right, what do you, what do you want here? And it was all very body language oriented. Um, it was all nonverbal cues. And so he and I proceeded to make my bed together. And again, it was all nonverbal in like, you know how you got to coordinate with somebody else and like choose which blanket goes first. It's very weird, very, very weird. But eventually and I was being very coy and not giving him the energy of being impressed by his presence, uh, you know, which I could tell he wanted me. He was used to people fawning over him. And you're I was both like, Leo's game. I know. So you're not conceding to you. Like, I got a better looking main dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah. There's my respect. Yeah, there's a lot of depth to the uh, significance of this dream, a whole lot. Um, so eventually we made the bed and he says, can I tell you a story? And this is where the dream becomes very verbal, uh, direct, like I- explicitly verbal. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll listen to your story, Barack. Barack. And so he uh, goes on to tell me. Bar. Bar, Ock, yep, AK, <laughs> Rabbi with an AK. <laughs> so, is that me? Okay. So, so then he tells me a story. He says, I was in uh, the tropics at an island, some island, I forget where, and uh, I came upon a homeless fella and I handed him over a good wad of cash. And just before he tried to walk away with the cash, I caught him up and I said, excuse me, what do you plan to do in exchange for the gift that I just gave you? And he says, do you know what that what that homeless uh, he was actually homeless and disabled? And I was like, no, he says, do you know what he did for the cash that I gave him? I was like, no. What did he do, Barack? And Barack looks around my room and I have uh, these capoeira instruments. They're called a beer and bow. People call it the one-stringed Brazilian banjo. He reaches over by my capoeira beer and bows, and he reaches in, and he pulls out two crutches. 
And then he proceeds to do like a, a tap dance with the crutches. And he demonstrates this crippled homeless fella's dance that he did for the cash money. But the weirdest thing was huh. this, the sound from the tap dance that he did was Bierenbau music. He started making Bierenbau rhythms with the, uh, with the crutches. And it just blew me away. It really impacted me because there's a, there's a lot of mythology in Capoeira that was invoked from this experience, from this, uh, this theatrical display. So yeah, Barack Obama came to me in my dreams and I took it as a powerful sign. Like there's a lot more to it than just that, uh, that goes into Capoeira mythology. So, uh, the point is I woke up immediately and I cleaned the fuck out of my room. <laughs> I organized my life. I was strongly, uh, inspired to uh, get a lot of shit in order and then uh, went on to do a real heavy capoeira workout that day. But yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of it was inspired by this project and the fact that his birthday is one day before mine. So I pulled up this shot because uh, Jenny B and the vibrant Colin line gave us this direct screenshot. Very easy moment to miss. Cause it's just for like one frame. But the LOL, E-L-O-L, she points out that it's an internet acronym for evil laugh out loud, which is definitely what Barack is doing here. Not to take away the thunder from that dream. I just don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> Too wild. Good share. Yeah, this is uh, interesting, too, that Cucumber points out that crip walks are, trip, are tippy. And uh, Obama's got a tippy walk in this. He's very crip. And then another commenter says, I have a hypothesis that most gang cultures inspired by the occult and esoteric. I think so. <laughs> Here, let's just put it this way. What do, what do uh, gangs or mafias, secret societies, and a, a priest class and intelligence agencies all have in common? CIA. <laughs> their their primary operating procedure is deceit. That's it, all, man. All of them. So of course they're gonna they're gonna borrow, steal, collaborate with each other. All of the above. Nailed. And in, in it, the you know at the roots, they're they are the same thing. You know, uh, somebody I forget who it was that brought up the fact that many of the pets of past presidents are actually encoding the names of drug lords. And right there is a, like, that's a, that's a serious weave that somebody needs to build out. But there is so much to that. There's so much to that, that the names Didn't of the Biden get rid of his dog? What's that? And replaced it. Biden got rid of his dog and replaced it. So I wonder what that means. Need to get a new drug dealer? I wonder if it has to do with the step out of Afghanistan and the handing over yeah, of a baton. No more, in, no more hopium. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Oh, I wouldn't be able to talk about Obama without yeah. this photo. What the fuck? I don't remember oh, who that guy God. is on the left, but that's clearly a moon. 
crap. Is that how he looked in your dream game? <laughs> no, but my mind is blown by this. Look at he's even got the he's got the panties on his face. It's just like a how old is this picture? Or a, a, a corona mask. It's pre pre cooties. It's after it's like maybe 2013-ish. Who's that Vato behind him, man? That guy I can't looks... remember who that guy is. But it's wow. not. Man. You can find it. I've read it before. Dang, man. That, this so is he's cool. trying to represent the high priestess right there, in my opinion. Yep. He's got the T-O-R, the team of rivals. Man, this is a really good comment from Eblis. Bloods and Crips come from Black Panthers who themselves were Bull Prince Hall Masons. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, Boule, I think is how that's pronounced. Yes. A knight uh, which, of Pythagoras. I thought it might have just been a typo of Boule because Boule is where we get the word bull as well. A Boule is a word referring to a council, but like a hidden secret council. Yeah. Hence nice. the papal bulls. Nice. Bull, you B- know what? O-U-L-E. So we've associated twice about uh, Christian Bale, <laughs> Christian because the Christian bull is the papal bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, another yeah. spirit world book four piece of gravy. There's so much gravy in that book. We we were on a uh, uh, the, the flow state a few months ago, and we associated the Boulet Society with uh, the fact that Jar Jar Binks might actually be a secret Sith Lord. And I freaking think that's 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 a really fun weave to consider as well. Blossom transform again. We have a lot to go. Might have to move faster. <laughs> Girls sitting there. I'll just mention a couple things real quick. Um, yeah, it's in the slides. Oh, sorry, I didn't know you had slides. I haven't looked at them yet. Yeah, do we're going to use both? So this is a perfect slide. How many figures are around her? Is it twelve? Correct. And one of them's joined, which looks like Gemini. So I think if you look at it as zodiacally, they also represent the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 months of the year. You got the bride of Christ sitting in the middle. All their heads are egg-shaped, and there's a bunny behind her, too. Well, and if you look closely on the right side of the wall, there's a lily. So that's the spring. Then you got the buck moon, which is in July. That's the rabbit. That's when animals start to get their horns. And then you'll see the buck deer on the left, which has horns. That's the fall. Um and then there's another thing on the right or the further left, but I'm not really sure what that is. But uh, but anyway, whenever the lights go out, light accents the not the lily, 
So we're, we're past spring. It's emphasizing July, I think, the buck rabbit, and also the exit door in the back, and then the buck deer on the left, and, of course, the bride of Christ in the middle, which is like the union of the 12. Um, so th- in my opinion, I think the exit door represents some type of like rapture type scenario where there's a mass exodus or something like that, or the destruction of America. Cause right after this, um, scene, we see the flagpole outside. You mentioned how it was midnight in the classroom. Well, the clock tower outside shows midnight as well. And the flag is torn in half as it's whipped in the wind. So I would say this exit door kind of represents some type of biblical type moments, you know, whether we're crossing the Atlantic ocean, walking across like Christ or it parts and we walk across like Moses, whatever, maybe we'll get to look at Atlantis on the way. (laughs) But anyway, but that's what I think this is kind of representing. And I was wondering about the apple rolling down to the foot and turning into a Lotus. Well, today when I rewatched it, I noticed that at the end of the video, the Christos figure is riding through water with lotus flowers in it. So I think there's a connection back to this scene here because that's the only other place we see lotuses. Um, but anyway, that's what I had to add there. You know, you know I got um, to mention the... But it, let's let Andy jump in real quick. Not, it doesn't have to be quick, but hold that thought, Gabe. Okay, yeah, going off the same kind of a thing, I also thought that instead of um, it being July, that the rabbit would represent Lepus. Um, At first, I thought, you know, Easter, a lot of people were talking about it was Easter, but it makes more sense where it's positioned that it would be Lepus, but I don't. I don't know a lot about the minor deacons, but I guess I'll let, I'll let Gabe go now because he knows more about that. So. Well, you know, JFK's birthday is right on Lepus in the minor deacons. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. I totally agree. That's he wasn't doing minor deacon. He was major deacon. <laughs> major, major deacons. <laughs> uh, so I was just going to say the high priestess card is uh, is powerfully at play in this image. Uh, High Priestess has the Torah in her lap. She has a toroidal apple in her lap. And then we've got the one in the two. And then, Gabe, it becomes a lotus. And if you switch the L to the R, lotus is rotas. Rotas, rotas, forward and backwards, coming and going. And then the 12 characters are a J and a B, a one and a two. She got the two pillars, Joachim and Boaz, behind her also. I'll notice so, yeah. also she's sitting in a magical circle, which could be honey, because honey and apples are associated with Rosh Hashanah. But pardon, Andy. Go ahead. I also right. think that the uh, there's symbolism in this to suggest the femininity of the sun and the masculinity of the moon in different points throughout this. And so that circle, which is inscribed uh, in gold, eclipse. and then the 12 around her could be that this is a. Uh, this Eve is the yad heh vav version God. of Eve. Yeah, she also has a rose in her hair, and she looks kind of prim and proper, like a little Christian girl, so like a rose, a Christian. And then if yeah, going back to the two halves of the apple, I kind of thought of Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and then 
kind of brought, <laughs> kind of got the answer to like why that would come together from Alan Marcus, who was talking about Lotus Notes. And I was like, well, you know, Steve Wozniak is still invested in lots of other tech companies that are associated with Lotus Notes, which is no longer called that. But, um, I'll get more into that later on. We'll see how that ties in. So, <laughs> especially with like Lambda, the Lambda stuff coming out. Yes, the Lamb. Indeed. <laughs> Jobs is a J to the B, for the record. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's a really good comment here in the vibrant Colin line. From Benjamin Hoff, he says, let me read this for my phone. Oh, why did I do it like this? My bad. Should look like this. Here we all are. So Benjamin Hoff says the window, like whenever the the scene zooms out through the window and there's a snow, snowy scenery and you're looking into the window, reminds him of this card, the six of pentacles. And I'm sorry, five of pentacles. And uh he says it's a deacon of Taurus, so that pertains to Venus and the apple too. So that's a good, that's a good catch. Wait, not just that, but he's doing exactly what Obama was doing in Gabe's dream. I mean, look at the dude; he's on yeah, he's on crutches. I mean, what are the odds of that? Come on, that's that's, that's kind crazy, of creepy, guys. Yeah, yeah, and you know, also to limp like that's very Saturnian. He's always shown with a limp too, and or a crutch, Saturn sometimes. Right. Yep. Because he went through the fall. He fell out of that throne. Oh, okay. I was always wondering, or uh, the stone he swallowed became a stumbling block. I wasn't sure. Is that why he's always going after Mercury's legs? He's jealous. Yep. You know, (laughs) there's a shape here also. See the the black outline of the window. It makes uh, like a a square. You know, like this. That shape's going to come up in the in the iPad Go project here in a little bit. It's like the Tower of Sauron, the top of the tower. I don't know. What would you guys describe that shape as? It's like a a cube or a rectangular horseshoe. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. But, yeah, it's went over the mosque. Yes. In terms of uh, Hebrew. It's like an upside down or inverted hay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 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 Like a half of an H. And know? the hay is he. <laughs> they call the Lord he or him a lot. Actually, hay is also a window. Just so you know. I mean, we're looking at a window. You know? well, he is go. for horses. Yeah, oh, Andy. <laughs> I, get, I guess um, Hav and Chet could also be in the running for that too because they're that's why I hate Hebrew as an alphabet so much. It all now, now, looks now. way too damn similar. <laughs> hey, Chet, Tav, they're all practically the same. I don't know about that. It's not fun to learn. <laughs> it's okay. If, I mean, there's the reasons. There's things about it that are cool. Don't be it's a hetero. I like Greek a lot better in terms <laughs> of the alphabets. <laughs> Okay. Oh, by the way, I just want to interject because we forgot to do it. If anybody wants to help us with the natal charts of George Bush and Obama, Obama's eight four. I don't know the year. George Bush is seven six. Don't know the year, but he is seventy six. Because remember, the Georgia Guidestones were demolished on his seventy sixth birthday. So if we could look at the natal charts, it'd be kind of interesting to see. Maybe a little beyond there. the scope of our time. 
Uh, now we got an all-star chat there. So. <laughs> the chat, I would love for the chat to bring that gravy to everybody for sure. I mean, I mean, if, if they pull out something mind blowing, we're gonna have to talk about it, but <laughs> we'll try to keep this ship on, on course here the best we can. So what do we make of the black seven, the white C, if that's what it is, or LC, it could be. There's a 007, possibly. Oh, yeah, to Balkane. To Balkane, percentage sign. Yeah, I kind of thought L, like L as in God, and then C as in Christ. So, like, no God, but Christ somehow. I like Lord Christ, Lord Christos. Adonai Christos. Um, L is also very much at a slant there. So for me, it looks a lot like a Hebrew Lamed, which is a uh, shepherd's staff. Um, And of course, the only other time we see the Lotus is where we see this Christos character in the later parts. So I would say that it's fair to associate with a shepherd's staff because then immediately after the scene, on the outside of the school, there's some graffiti in Psalm 23, 23, one says the Lord is my shepherd and it goes on. So um, this could perhaps be the first fruits of God, uh, the 144,000 or something like that. And it does cause Obama to sweat. And he's got a coin at the bottom of his foot there too. Well, and then also, yeah, with the coin at the bottom of his foot, I did zoom in on it. And it has kind of like a Maltese cross looking thing. But the actual cross on the coin, I believe, is from the only from the um, flag of Maryland. And then it's also associated with this order of Maurice, which um, Cheney in the chat said something about Colin Powell. He's one of the people that are in this order of Maurice. And he's you know, obviously tied into some of these things like we're pointed on the map. So um, I kind of think like, yeah, boots on the ground, Maryland, something like that. So if, if his foot is a Tav, which Tav often means foot, we get an L, we get an L-O-O-T because the apple becomes two L's. So we get a loot is another aspect of what might be rolled out there. It looks like a crown also. Mm, yeah. That's even more zoomed in than I was on. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice one. Thank you, Jenny. It's ridiculous. Like that, that level of detail. I didn't even notice the coin, yeah. but a coin, yeah. coin is a coin, which is the priest class. And it also or, pertains to words like the word for king as well. Or remove the L from colon. And it's also loot. <laughs> Coins are loot. Loot backwards is tool. Nice. And the boot loot. <laughs> well, and where does the coin come from? The hand of Draco. And so... What does why is this fruit making him sweat? Maybe he made a deal with the devil, and the you know what I mean. And so he's like, Oh man, I messed up. So who knows? But we see the seeds here, 
producing tendrils. Yeah. Meow. This looks like a crown, though, and that's actually slang for coins, calling gold coins crowns. Yeah, and then he had a, a purple tassel. So that's purple is associated with royalty. Interesting, yes. Also kind of looks like it could be a Globus Crucigar. And I will say something about that later as well. (laughs) (laughs) So one thought is the crosswalk. He's walking on the cross here. Uh, Apple is the beginning of the alphabet, the initiation. It's the beginning of the fall of man. And he's standing on the cross here. It has a Knights Templar initiation implication there, too. And a hanged man or just plain inversion implication because the crown is at the foot. Yes, inversion for sure. Nice. And he was laughing until the apple of God's eye rolled up and was like, what's up? And he's sweating bullets. Yeah, very interesting how the worm blooms into the lotus too. All right, we'll watch a little further now. Do we have anything on this graffiti? Yes. I have a I have a screenshot of it. Is there and a I have in the slideshow? Yeah. <laughs> all right, let me get that. So just oh, a yeah, quick comment. All those windows are three by three. That's the Saturnian magic square, three by three, but they're also crosses of Lorraine. It's the Lorraine cross as well. And Cheney wants to point out St. Andrews. <laughs> Their pound signs or hash tags as well, reminiscent of like a net, which the cube and the net, we talked about that a lot with our good man, Lucas, a few weeks back. Yeah, that was a, that was a heck of a gravy train right there. (laughs) Choo-choo! All right. Um, So what I I wanted to point out is that, yeah, the light is just on the 23. And it's so it's the focus is more on the 23 than on the psalm part. And we got the lightning again coming out. So the um, 23rd chromosome is what is responsible for your gender. And then they have, again, it's like it's trying something about like electricity or the lightning, whatever they're going to be doing to like um, divide the the feminine from the masculine is kind of a common theme throughout the video. Um, just like with the, the brain they had back there. Um, so that's kind of my take on Psalm 23. And they also read Psalm 23 um, after the towers fell. So, Dude. So on the subject one. of the lightning bolt dividing the masculine and feminine, I forgot to say this when we pointed that out with the brain poster, but Zeus, who is Deus or Deus, Zeus mythologically divides the original human beings who are hermaphroditic. They have like two heads and everything. (laughs) They are male and female in one being and they're like happy and it's paradise for them. 
this is very much like the whole uh, Lilith and was it Samael being divided in their copulation or uh, Tefnut and no, who's the other one? Nuit, I think maybe there's Egyptian mythology about this too. Like the original masculine and feminine earth and sky are in eternal connected, connected copulation. And then someone comes in like Shu or like Zeus. Yeah. <laughs> Both Shu and then, divides uh, Geb and, and Nuit. Yeah. Geb and Nuit. That's who it is. Is it Geb and Nuit or Geb and Tefnut? Tefnut is shoes. Tefnut is shoes. The starry sky. The arch yeah. over the earth. Yeah. So sky when device. Zeus does this, he does it with his thunderbolt specifically. The, hits all the Adam Cadmon yeah. being with the thunderbolt divide him right in two. Like that tool song. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we get a nice crop here from Jen also showing kind of the Oz possibly here. Oh, nice. It's good. That lightning path is also leading toward the light. And Kabbalah, if you look at the path through the 10 emanations, it's like a lightning bolt as well. Isn't this um, O with the thing through it a letter? Say that again. Oh. Isn't the O with the line through it? Isn't that like a Greek letter? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Omega. Yeah. Huh. Um, it might be Phi oh, actually, but Omega is like this Libra symbol, I think. Yeah, like you're probably number. right. Let me. Look. I'm looking right now. <laughs> um, you're right. That's a Phi symbol. <laughs> you're totally right. It, um, but 23 is also the date for Judgment Day, traditionally. Um, it's this fall equinox, incidentally. The fall. And 23. Oh, yeah, 23. Never mind. And me. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> well, I, I'd like there's to, a lot of 23 Robert Anton Wilson stuff. Well, there's that. You know, I like the uh, the DNA aspect because there is a, a little subtle mound of snow right under the 23 that is also lit up by the light, um, which makes me think of uh, people who venerate sacred mountains uh, in particular, which uh, I think often is an encode for the pregnancy, for the, the mother and the birth. So just in that little clip, we got a clock tower, the the father time, Cronus phallus there, the flagpole, and the flag gets torn in two. Yeah, and then we have a shark again in the background, in the snow. So Oh, the fin, the shark's yeah. fin. And then uh, Joshua was asking, oh, is, there, uh, is this Morse code? for something else, but there's most Morse code throughout all those little lights and stuff like that. Um, not going to decode that because that would take forever, but gosh, um. like what? <laughs> interesting that there's one star 
on the torn off half. That's cool. Oh, I didn't notice there was a star on it. Good catch. Oh, but it's also snap. weird okay. that it rips in. It, it's also weird that it rips that way because how often have you ever seen a flag rip that's a, that way? You know. So dang. Okay, so that is to me a Puerto Rico encode all the way. And J Lo at the halftime show was singing "Born in the USA" with what at first looked like an American flag, and then she busts it out. Actually, I think it's a little kid singing it next to her, and she flips a baby the flag. goat. She I didn't know he had singing goats. <laughs> right? J, she's a J. She's a yeah. She was a Joe Biden. She was Joe Biden, and uh, Shakira was Trump. The silver versus the gold. They were encoding the election and the convergence of Jupiter and Saturn. But this having one star with the stripes is definitely uh, indicating Puerto Rico where I have heard the birth certificates were once uh, stored in that location. Uh, And so the song born in the USA might have actually been a question born in the U S period. A do you think so? Are you are you on the ground or are you international? Are you in the extended territories? So uh, Denny pointed out also a really good point about the snow symbolism, because this is very much like a dream, the whole thing. And then there's like a clear waking up moment at the end. Uh, and Weaving Spiders last week, Abby joined us on Saturday. And we were talking about dream decoding. And I actually brought up a dream I had that involves snow. She pointed out that snow and dream symbolism representing injustice. And that is very fitting for what we're about to see as we go through this snowy wasteland. Okay. I just got a side note on that because I came back on after you probably left and Abby was still on, but I had a dream. I was telling them about my dream, but there was snow in that dream too. It's super weird. <laughs> but um, yeah. So there's one of the decodes that I watched like a long time ago pointed out that there's woo um, written out in the snow here. That's why I did this particular um, screenshot. So now it makes me think of Wuhan. Um, but before they were talking about the year 2018, maybe was the the Wu year on the Chinese calendar. Um, so there's two ways of looking at it there. And the year of the water tiger, which comes up later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One more. Right, uh, Where are we at on slides? One more thought on the snow is, uh, you know, that's street slang for cocaine. Ooh. And, uh, having uh, having it piled outside of a school uh, definitely makes me think of, you know, how we've had many. Snowden. Edward Snowden. Snowden on a snow day. Nice. Nice. But yeah, lots of kids on lots of pharmaceuticals for many generations. Uh, just something to think. Okay, is this the uh, shark you're talking about? Yeah, and then we have the two kind of towers over here, and I wanted to just point out that it the one 
lighter side looks very feminine, like a feminine from behind. And a lot of people have kind of compared them to masculine and feminine again. So. That's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> now, hey, that's it's interesting to as it with. goes through here. It's like passing through a keyhole. There's also yeah. like a pyramid back there in the snow. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot everywhere. The Cochina has um, the tragedy face on its mask. Which is the Greek word for goat song, by the way. Just to remind us that this is a gospel we're dealing with. Nice weave. And then coming up, we have a a dove-looking thing in the snow. The Cochina character swan dives. So I think the that's noteworthy because, you know, we look at the meaning of a black swan or event, for instance. These type of black swan events are when society makes dramatic changes, crises. Yes. You know, also, uh, I just wanted to mention. The, the drama masks are encoding um, eclipse cycles. And the eclipses, they actually make arcs. And they com- there's two types of arcs on a sine wave. It's a frowny face or there's a smiley face. And the course of the eclipses are always either a smile or a frown. And, uh, you know, may be used to imply uh, bad news on the horizon or good news on the horizon, depending on the arc of the, of the path. There's a bad moon on the rise. <clears throat> Just wanted to share this, the etymology of tragedy again, <laughs> literally meaning tragos and, uh, which is goat and adian tragoid, tragoidia goat song. Well, <laughs> I didn't well, know well. this fact, but apparently at dramatic festivals, according to this random, YouTube search, the prize for the best chorus was a goat. Wouldn't surprise me. The greatest of all time. <laughs> hmm. And they jump off a cliff, too. There's, there's that. Oh, yeah, he jumps off a cliff. This is the uh, scapegoat, too. Scapegoating, yeah. You know, one other point on the two towers going down, I'll just point this out, because you mentioned the masculine and feminine, which when you put masculine and feminine... In reverse, you get F-A-M, fame, family, fama, uh, which it takes a masculine and feminine to make a family. (laughs) But would you say, like the first tower that went down, uh, are you thinking that's the feminine? The one that's closer to us is more feminine and the one in the back is more masculine? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So that corresponds heavily with uh, one of my deoculting of the Twin Towers. That Makes sense because it's the left, feminine, right, masculine. Yeah, yep, I totally agree. Uh, and in, in most, like, destruction of empire, civilization, culture, 
historically, from what I can tell, the target is usually women first that you corrupt the women uh, with superstitions and things. And then they raise weak men because the women are the ones involved with raising both men and women, especially in time where the gender rules were a little more solidified and the males weren't as involved with the raising of children anyway. So makes sense. You take down the feminine tower and then the masculine tower would fall. Well, just like in chess, you want the queen, not the king. Right. And she gets sent out first. She gets put in the public first. Uh, Yeah. Very, very. And so that also corresponds with Unum Sanctum stating that the uh, spiritual has preeminence over the uh, material. Okay. We'll move forward some more. You see Osama bin Laden with his CIA patch here. He's on the payroll. 100%. No money, no props. And then we only just saw the hint of the boat, but... That's a bark. That is the bark of heaven that Osiris rides through the duat. Yep, it's the car of Dio. The car Dio. And that's the The chariot itself. Meow. And you've got even because this is an underworld journey, we have the classic Anubis head, which Anubis being Thoth, being Mercury, being Jesus, you know, this is the this is a symbol of the Christ because it's the uh yeah, it's the uh what you call it, psychopomp, right? And then in this this is like it's almost like this spell is being cast in society and everything on the psychopomp itself, like that aspect of psyche or consciousness or the, the all life is the thing that has to be uh, put into an amnesiac state to perpetuate the artificial division of that dirty electricity, Zeus thunderbolt thing, separating the masculine and feminine to then bring the towers down for the whole transhuman reunification into a single pillar. So I just dropped something in our uh, iPad Go telly. This is a graphic that I actually put together for a project that's coming up on the one-on-one this Friday, but I have to show it now because it's, it's perfect for this exact moment. We're bringing together three key ingredients from the, from the heavens. These three constellations are in direct proximity to each other. Uh, they are in the southern hemisphere, according to my research, which kind of confuses things for me a little. I ha- I put them in the north, uh, but when research is telling me that they're in the southern hemisphere, it's the constellation of Argos, which is a ship. It's right next to the constellation of Canis Major, the biggest of the dogs, and a uh, Columbia or Columba is a dove. And so we have a ship, a dog, and the dove, the tribe of, da- of uh, or the, the bloodline of David. You put those together and you get so many other myths. Uh, 
St. Christopher is a dog-headed saint, often is depicted as the dog-headed saint. So Christopher Columbus, riding the ship and bringing whatever, Christianity, the Crusades to the New World, is also an astrotheological uh, encode, because the Argus is the ship, Christopher is the dog-headed Canis Major, and Columba is the uh, the bird, this little dove down below. They are all in the same quadrant of the sky. And even St. Christopher is depicted bringing a Christ child across the water in his mythology. So all of these oh, things are about to be unpacked in the symbology that this next scene is going to unleash into our consciousness when we see the Christ with the dark-headed boat crossing over the water. That's really good on the Christopher Columb dove, Columbus weave there, because uh, also the dove esoterically signifies black, even though it's a white bird. So it's got that whole Corvus putrefaction aspect, and that's, you know, like burning it all down. (laughs) That's what Christopher Columbus did, according to the historical narrative, if he's even real. By the way, a trivia night, one of the answers was uh, all artwork uh, before 1492 was considered what? The answer was pre-Columbian, as in Christopher Columbus. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Just a weird weave that I'd mentioned. That is really something. You know, when you look into it. Yeah. So Columba, the constellation, they tell us that it didn't get its name until the 1600s. Uh, so that's kind of just, you know, something to take or leave if you choose. But, yeah, there's a, it's pretty interesting how these three constellations in proximity to each other encode so many other things. So many other things. So looking at your slides here, what do we got? What are you making of this? Image at the top right here. That's a dove. I just want because it kind of um, foreshadows what's going on since it's right in the beginning. Um, along with okay, and then the, right after you see it, you see the black-headed Anubis. Yeah. So yeah. right, black. So have you? And guys- it also looks like it says "woo" on it again. Um, in the little scribbly part on like on the breast area i guess Uh, have you guys seen that the dove the symbol for dove the brand is absolutely donald trump's hair profile (laughs) i'm sure it's coincidental they might change it now that you said it (laughs) well it turns out his family is uh balls deep invested in uh bathroom products his his, oh okay Yeah, so it makes sense that they, you know, they put a uh, a run on toilet paper because his mom's bloodline is all about uh, family or bathroom cleaning products, and it's just trippy that he's got the Dove hairdo that matches perfect. I mean, it's perfect. You can't deny it. It's undeniable. <laughs> his That's that um, is the Dove. Uh, gold toilet alchemy. i've got to go to the bathroom now thanks i just peeped at the dove website and it was kind of funny because they're marketing to black people on the front page of their website 
and saying like hair discrimination starts as early as five years old. So make sure that you're using Dove products so that your hair looks good and you don't get discriminated against. So there's your black and Dove again. <laughs> Weird. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It makes me think of the Black Madonna. The Holy Spirit's a lot. Oh, absolutely. Dove. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Krishna means black. Uh, all, all these gods are depicted in black. Krishna, uh, Osiris, Adonis. It all it goes on and on. I think it's because it's the black sun is what's being encoded as in like the hidden sun, which is the the inner Christos, which is what is the true Salvatore salvation, not the uh, snake oil that the salesmen and middle managers and uh, mediators offer. I will play a little more. Let me back it up. There goes the bark. See, Anubis is on the bark. Wolf bark. Oh, there's oil fields in the background. I see here. Okay. Yeah. Which, uh, those are oil derricks. And the Hebrew word derrick means way. Just same as Putin. Awesome. Also, oil is an anagram for Leo. And, yep. uh, the the tribe of Judah carries the judgment, the hammer of the anoint, judgment. The anointing is with oil too. This kind of foreshadows like going from oil to electric, because there's the lightning, mm-hmm. and it's gonna like take down the oil, right? Like that's what they're Great saying. Great call. Great call. It's under the archway. More Barak. More Barak mm-hmm. falling from the sky. That's the name for lightning. Yeah, and then see, as the uh, Christos is appearing, we have the eclipse up there, and that's we know bl- during the crucifixion, there's uh, during the crucifixion too. There's said to have been an eclipse in the Bible. Yeah, it was a full right moon because it was Passover, so it was at least a full moon. So there could have been an eclipse because you have to have a full moon to have one. So. Right. So, okay, here in and the a blood moon eclipse is actually the reverse. So, if you were on the moon, it would appear it would be a solar eclipse if you're on the moon. But it's a lunar eclipse for us. So that, that's a that blood moon eclipse is a lunar eclipse. If there's a moon to stand on, <laughs> so we got okay. Yeah. So Jenny pointed out the uh, verse Luke chapter twenty three, verse forty four. Really good point here. The verse is, it was now about noon. Remember what all the clocks were showing? Could be midnight, yeah. could be noon. It was now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, there's an eclipse for sure encoded in that. Yeah, good point. And that was a supernatural type darkness too. Yeah, because eclipses don't, well, darkness came over the land. Can an eclipse last three hours as it slowly moves, well, o- moves over? Some people can, right? said it was so dark that they couldn't see their hand in front of their face. Like it was a, like a thick supernatural darkness. It wasn't just a typical eclipse, apparently. That's just some of the commentary mm-hmm. I've heard on it. I, I think it might have to do with the lunar standstill. The lunar standstill is a particularly long lunar eclipse. 
which is an exception to other eclipse cycles. It describes it as uh, the moon will be as dark or the sun will be dark as sackcloth, which is like a goat's hide, black goat hide. And then the moon would turn to blood and the great and der- terrible day of the coming of the Lord. So it says, so it is written rather. And we haven't really pointed out that uh, Osama has these black wings. So it's like, yeah. well, does he get resurrected somehow through the CIA or, you there know? You <laughs> also think about the, uh, the cone-headed dunce, George W. Bush, the supposed adversary which is, you know, opposer to Osama. And look at the shape of Osama's head with the beard and the turban. He is an inverted cone. So he's like the inverse of... And look behind him. uh, His soldiers are all (laughs) cone heads, too. They're all mountains. He's getting backed. He's getting backed by the dunce heads. (laughs) And also, like, reference to that he's, I guess, hiding out in the mountains. Oh, you mentioned noon, by the way, and uh, Passover, the original Exodus or Passover judgment day, as it were, was midnight. So whether it's noon or midnight, either or, um, that hour is associated with judgment. And so if you've ever heard of the nuclear clock ticking, it's minutes from midnight. That's like them saying, oh, nuclear Armageddon is going to take place the closer that minute hang is to midnight so whether or not that's what it is that's still the same premise kind i think um so to also if you flip his head over you know because we're saying it's an inverted cone this thing on his beard becomes like a symbol of a meteor or a well, comet the cr- the and the word comet, has oh, this, well. this comet or meteor is on his beard and uh, the Greek word for hair, I'm pretty sure, is coma. And that's mm-hmm. actually where you get the word comet because it's got like, you know, looks like Hair's it has coming hair of coming off of it. <laughs> so, again, we're referencing the fact that there's like Christos is in some kind of uh, coma, slumber, dream state. So the constellation uh, huh. or coma and Corvus are in Virgo. So the black wings and that coma there. Even uh, Buotes is, uh, is once you cross the equinox and go into Libra, Buotes, the void, is mm-hmm. present. And so right. that might be this gap in the clouds. Butes is also a helper of Orion in the harvest. He holds a scythe. Cool, yeah, Which, it's harvest time. At the beginning, uh, there's kind of a scythe going around that hole. If you think of it that way. The harvest is nine. Interesting thing, too, about the Greek, which it isn't exactly coma in Greek. The actual spelling would be like Kappa, Omicron, uh, Mu, and Eta, I think, or uh, Epsilon. <clears throat> Something like that. So it's like K-O-M-E, but like Kome. Anyway, like it's the Pretty E close. with the... Uh, Exactly, it's pretty close, and that's where they get the word phonetically. For, phonetically that's where we get the word comet from, but it means well tended hair. <laughs> he has very well groomed hair. But interestingly, that it's actually connected to if you add the omega to the end and make it comeo, it means to take care of or tend, which is like to shepherd. 
Kind of similar to the idea of a shepherd. That reminds me of the word cameo. Like you make a cameo in a movie. Like if you're, you know, um, who, why can't I think of his name? The Marvel guy. He always does cameos. Oh. Yeah, Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Stan Lee. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. That's really crazy. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention, because I had an epiphany just now listening to you talk about the Kome. So when we see the Joaquin and Boaz pillars, the Masonic tracing board, we see Virgo uh, studying the Torah with the sheaf of wheat, and Saturn is counting her hair. So her Kome. So I wonder if sometimes when we see the comet, because there is a comet in the tracing board as well. So I wonder if the Kome appear, appearing above in the starry sky is somehow a reference to her and her hair. That's just interesting. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. I didn't prepare like you guys did. So this is like all hitting me as we go, hitting me all at once. Okay, should we push forward a little more? We sure have a long way to go. It's amazing. This is a seven minute film. <laughs> I'm having a good time. And that's a great and that's a goatee. And that's a goatee. Goatee. Oh yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll back it up to make sure we know where we're at. Only like five minutes to go. Doing awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like he's doing some kind of summoning ritual. Really weird. There's oil dripping into the water. Statue of Liberty. Oh, he became... Nice one, Mario. He became a scapegoat, and he is got a goatee, and he's on the cliff's edge, which is yeah. what you do with the scapegoat. Push him off the cliff. Very good, Mario. Good. Nice. Even with how deep we're going with this, we are missing so much. Right. <laughs> Okay, so now inside, is this inside the Statue of Liberty? The S-O-L, the soul. There is the Orphic Egg and the Watcher Serpent. I mean, if we weren't sure about that stuff we were saying before about Watchers and Serpents being etymologically related, there it is. May I comment real quick? Uh, please once the scene's over it won't be so relevant so the the technique being used there is known as candling so when you take a flashlight and put it to an egg and it, you illuminate it to see the development inside um, that is known as candling so right now the serpent is candling that egg to observe the development of whatever it, it's it's waiting if it wanted it to die it would kill it so i think it's it's incubating its own serpent seed because we see that it's got a serpent wrapped around it, right? So that's just my take on that. You know, also... It or like point. a parasite, it needs to keep the host alive. Yeah. Because you could, tell, you could guess that that cord come, wrapping around it is also Umbilical. what's connected, plugged into this TV. Right. Well, he gets hatched off. later because there's a character known as Egghead. And yeah. So after he hatches, he gets tormented by this... Um, this snake getting loosed. Yeah, he gets loosed by this by this uh, Draco character. Also, and then, oh, what, go ahead. What, one more thing that is comes to mind with all this overanalyzing the birth process of the baby 
it makes me think of designer babies in the fact that now they can do these excessive testing on the mother and give her any shadow shadow of doubt that the baby may not be perfect to the T. And then they have the, a whole industry waiting to take that baby off your hands, turn it into a vaccine. Also, uh, the Statue of Liberty, if you look at it, like right when it first comes on as being like a clock, um, the flame is up at the two, and then there's like a little piece of like snow cap or whatever going towards the three, and then this Draco TV character um, has a three, like a one, one, one in his eye. Um, so that's kind of interesting how that ties together. Um, also, it's with it being a TV, it's like, is that the only way that it can watch you? Is like through a magic mirror type of a situation? Like, it's hard. I don't think it ever shows up as just like a snake. Or whatever. Like, it always is through this TV lens. Yeah, it's like the AI is the reptilian. Another way of considering it is that it's like purely in the mental conceptual plane. And that is where it lives and it feeds off of in the real isn't, through our, we, you know, we watch it, it watches us back. So isn't a monitor a type of snake? Mm. There's a type of snake called a, a monitor, isn't it? Uh, well, that's a lizard. Oh, it's Vipers a lizard. Are, you might be thinking of like a viper, but monitor lizards, yeah. Good catch, though. Monitor is like a left reptilian for sure. The watchers are to oh, monitor okay. us. <laughs> yeah, the monitor lizard is venomous too. Oh shit! And what uh, makes me think of the nineteen snake venoms, which I'm not. And this is all. Go. I can't. And let this is all green. This is all green, by the way. So, I'm, uh, along with the Statue of Liberty being the same shade, I'm getting very copper heavy vibes here, which blue bloods are kind of associated with copper blood rather than iron blood. Copperhead road. Hey. Yeah, and the statue <laughs> SOL of Liberty is got that green oxidization. Yeah, it's, it's Tina. Yeah. Which that will also tie in again later. <laughs> right. There's a lot of stuff that goes back to the beginning, like there's little nods to stuff at the end in the beginning, which is pretty cool. <laughs> So I'm going to pause it here. We still haven't seen the head or the crown of the Christos figure, but the heart here, the car inside is at the solar plexus region. I find that interesting. And it and looks like his abs are hearts too. Yeah. Notice that. And it's just like I was just saying, like it ties back to the blackboard there's three, and they're all fake hearts. Like, there's not a real heart on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And heart of hearts, because there's a heart within a heart there, too. A flaming one. Which a flaming heart is uh, called a sacred heart. 
Oh, thank you, Randy. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do some spirit world because we're talking about the ab or his abs, right? <laughs> uh, so the car, which is another word for, you know, it's connecting us to obviously like a wagon or a boat that he's in, but also the car being the car of cardio, of heart, of char, the hand, mm. the hidden hand, the heart within. Uh, car on his ab, that would be car ab, which would be car father, because Abba or ab is father, like the ab in Abraham. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so this his car abs there referencing the heart on his abs, referencing that he's the car father, father of the car. He got the keys to the car. And, and Jesus is the carpenter, of course. So and car, car pent pen. Pen, pen is referring to uh, a word referring to serpents as well. So the next coming is going to be of the Ford family. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Another fun, fun thing too, back to the whole like uh, sort of apocryphal information about Jesus being surnamed Panther, that his father was oh. Panther, Jesus Bar Panther. Uh, find that interesting too, because Pant, Pant, P-A-N-T is very close to pent. So I think that carpent is a lot like carpent, carpenter, carpenter. Son of the pant, son of the breath. And then Pentecost, (laughs) panties cost. (laughs) Uh, This is a lot. There's a lot of weeds to go into on on this subject. We'll just play a little more. Wait, let's get something, Gabe. Well, the heart has the three layers to it, which uh, whether you see it as like uh, concentric hearts or stacked hearts, it's a three by three. Either either way you weave it, which goes back to the scene in the classroom with the three hearts on the wall again. Nice. Or like heart cubed. There it is. Nice. I love it. Jesus, I think those abs are bums. <laughs> Could be anything. The secret of magic is in the butt. Ab is also Aleph Bet, which is house of the bull. So the spoken word are bulls. So any edicts from the house of God would be Ab. Ab is also without Abba. if you use it as a prefix. So the Ab. Heart here is like without heart as well. Mm. Abra, cadabra. We see that he's sleeping. And here's the genie in the bottle. That is definitely a gin. Fermenting egghead, shellhead boy. Interesting that one of his canine teeth, we'll pull up Andy's slides here because they've got a good pause. He's got gold on one of his, yeah. one of the canines? No, it's not. That's, uh, what's the tooth called between yeah, the front two teeth? It's an incisor. Or, okay. yeah. Perhaps. 
What is what is that tooth called? Actually, uh, the canines are the sharp ones, like the fangs, right? What's between the fangs and the front teeth? What's that tooth called? Jenny. (laughs) (laughs) One slower looking for that under his eye is ab cow, uh, order ab cow. So you got a a b again abs, a b cow under his left eye. So again, if you go to Zechariah eleven seventeen, you'll read about the the sign and mark of an idle shepherd is that God will darken his right eye and wither his right arm. And this is a five dollar bill that's used as the uh, like template or you know texture for his face, which is Abe. And the only demon I know with the nickname Abe is Abe Zephivod, which is the son of Beelzebub, and he's imprisoned under the. Uh, um, Euphrates River, or, or excuse me, the Red Sea, when the Egyptians were fleeing Egypt, he chased after them with a bunch of pharaonic army soldiers and got trapped in the uh, river or the sea underneath all the water with them. So that's one of the significances of all the water drying up in these areas, like with the Euphrates, is supposed to have the four horsemen. The Red Sea is supposed to have a Zephyroth. So it's possible yeah. that this could be him. And then also in his left eye is that three again. And I think I finally figured out how that's <laughs> remembered, how that's um, significant. So there's the second coming of Christ, right? But then there's, um, according to Nostradamus, there's three antichrists. And so that would have been, um, people believe that the first was Napoleon, the second was Hitler, and then, you know, this Draco could be representative of the third. Okay, so uh, we got a share of a giant monitor lizard in the vibrant call-in line. Oh. No, that's, uh, he's monitoring those prices. Holy <laughs> crap, that is way too big. That is a big lizard. We also got a zoom in shot on his chin, the uh the gin, gin, gin chin. And yeah, it's a five dollar bill. Wow. Oh, nice. Norbus ordo seculorum. And then if you go back to the slides, the um egghead has a bunch of pills and uh needles hanging out right next to him. Oh, yeah, and he's wearing yellow. So going back to the same position that the heart was in, solar plexus, yellow. Yeah. King Plus yellow his, is also a Cthulhu thing. Yeah. His bottom half looks like like a pharaoh, something a pharaoh would wear. I wonder what the significance is of the, if that's just lighting or if there's like a a line shaved out of his eyebrow. He used to have an eyebrow piercing. <laughs> He's making a fashion statement. You know, it's uh, maybe the so, mark. So the the egghead here makes me think a lot of um, when Luke Skywalker takes the mask off of Darth Vader. That moment, Darth Vader has a very egg shaped head, and it's even cracked open. It's white like that, yeah. Yeah, very pale, and uh, and this kind of. Uh, the imagery with the cord going there hails back to the apple where the apple was opened. And the first time we saw the cords 
combining between the two halves of the apple, which makes me think of the fact that there is inside of the the systems that we use to communicate that there could be um, uh, it could be a poisoned apple that we use these Kabbalistic systems that could be uh, for some a certain degree of uh, hazard that is not disclosed to us when we consume the education we're given. Well, let's just put it also put it out there that what we're calling gin, uh, my experience with the things in the biofield shows to me that like all energy is in some way connected to the universal ether and consciousness. And if you are ever trapping energy into some closed loop circuit, that that energy becomes stagnant and uh, deranged over time, (laughs) Uh, like vampiric and hungry to feed because it's not connected to something that it can draw that universal energy from to put it simply. So like the, technology we use and all this all these cords connecting everything externally well it's very much the object of worship for humanity right now just like the other things that the uh, controller class is always given external saviors external worship and even thinking about the word cord which is what connects all of these electrical systems that possibly like jen live within and travel through core d Car Dio, Core D. It's like an external car of <laughs> Dios, <laughs> something like that. It's like Dios, in terms of a name for God, is referring to a dual God, like Janus. So maybe like the external God is the the evil, the Satan. The internal God is the Christos, the uh, Redeemer, something like that. Yeah, I dig it. It you know it also makes me think of the opposite of having the dunce cap. It's like you know these world leaders their their knowledge is complete, but they play it stupid like it's not. And this kid here, you know, he's exhausted himself with uh, attempting to know a thing, and his uh, because he there wasn't full disclosure on what he wore himself out here with. Uh, he's paying the price now. And here we see that his enslavement, it all has everything to do with stocks and bonds, which are, of course, we know those financial instruments are more like weapons of mass slavery. I mean, well, the stock and bond are also words for, uh, you put people in the stocks, right? They're bonded in the stock. Hundred percent. Yeah, I was trying to. It's animal like. I was trying to show each of the numbers. He's got the mark in his eyes. The bio. Oh, dude, that's coming too. Don't take it, guys. And then it's got GE in the other eye, which could be General Electric. I mean, if you just took it as just the GE, which um, powers a lot of bigger companies. The market takes a swan dive, you could say. Yeah, I was trying to get to where you could see the actual numbers. 
You know, the change you can rearrange it to N-E-G. It has negative. Energy. Yeah, or egg. Or energy. Nice. In egg. In egg. In E-G. So why is he called Egghead, I wonder? I mean, he's come. he comes from an egg, right? So... But what's egghead means uh, like a smarty pants, right? Like somebody that's astute. Yeah, but his um, head is empty. But it's like the cosmic egg thing, I think. No yoke. He's. Yeah, his yoke is like all over his shirt. Yeah, dude. He's literally yoked with his yoke. Awesome. <laughs> Egg on his face. Well, he's yoked to the external God. Even like the idea of the word yoga, the word yoga in Hindu means like to yoke. You're yoking yourself to God, but it's through an internal practice. So like he's yoked externally to the uh, external. You know, that's a lot like Yalda Baoth because he's known as the blind God. And this character is a serpent like entity with one eye. So it kind of even makes me think of him. I like that a lot. Good catch on the yoke. And the pyramid on his chin has is one eye at the top, which you know he has. So yeah, it's like he gives his power from above to below, or however you want to look at it. The so it looks. I I always think when I see these bombers hitting the mosque here, which has got all the lunar symbolism on it too. I always think that it looks like, see if I can pause it at the exact right moment. But to, to me, I see like a brain being attacked. Right. Do you see what I'm and saying? Also, like, it looks like the chin of the Draco character. Like, with how, like, if you just cut off his chin part, and then there's his um, little beard. <laughs> <laughs> And it's even got like a mountain kind of on it, so just like the pyramid. Um, the crescent moon at the top kind of reminds me of the blood moon that we saw in a previous scene. And in fact, I think the crescent moon for used for the Muslim religion is actually um, a date, you know, like an astrological version of a date. So I think it's when that star would appear there with a crescent moon, which the star might actually be a planet like Venus or something like that. But um, this is a really good catch, Jenny. The planes look like drafting squares or rulers. Yeah. (laughs) Masonic squares. That's what I thought they looked like. And then the pillars of fire coming out of them, because they always use that two pillar symbolism. So then they got the two pillars, like, shooting them off. They're also (laughs) stealthy looking, so it could be a false flag where it's bombed and then blamed on somebody else or something like that. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) That would definitely, that makes me think, like, they they say that the, Mario points out the Alak. Aksa Mosque at the Temple Mount. They say that the end times really kick off when the mosque there gets taken out or something. I've heard that. So makes me wonder if that is something planned for some future event, a false flag 
on the Temple Mount because it really is like it is on top of kind of a, a mount type thing, you could say. I wonder what it's to make of this city tilting backwards, these buildings tilting away from. Is it like suggesting that the uh, urban centers are leaning away from the spiritual or religious? Oh, good. That's a good take. One thing yeah. that I, I think about what that the buildings were designed in anticipation for this event, that they were uh, expecting to be in the right place at the right time to watch everything go down, much like certain towers in New York. Uh, and also the five points of the explosion, that's uh, indicating Venus, mm-hmm. the five petals of Venus. And then all the lights again are Morse code. <laughs> you see that those were those were black birds yeah check it out black birds and then uh kind of like a dove thing before it becomes a dragonfly yeah i feel like that's definitely backing up the whole dove black encode and i didn't mention it but like in gaelic the word dub d-u-b H is black, so V and B switch between languages, so dove and dub, not a stretch at all. Right, and also, you know, when And here's the black Madonna, too. Yes, and when Moses lets out first, uh, I think a raven first, and then a dove afterwards, it's uh, all alchemical, you know, it's that negredo to ash, to negredo to ash, part of the process. Yeah. And then this scene here, um, Joshua shared a picture in our private chat, um, and it's based on a statue that is in the Notre Dame, which will come up later. Um, and also going back to the Globus, I'm going to mess it up if I try to say it right. Cruciger. Yes, Cruciger. I was like, Crucible? That's not it. (laughs) And that's all my brain could think. But that's what I think this is here, creating the explosion. And what my theory is of what is in the Globus Cruciger is um, Jesus's tears, because they used to, back in biblical times, use tear catchers. And a lot of them look very similar. So um not really sure how that would end up making a bomb, but that's what I think is in there. <laughs> <laughs> that is very interesting. Um so that makes me oh man. They did they did collect his blood yes. by the way. So at the very yes. least. So in Catholicism, they have, I believe it's the nine implements of the suffering of the Christ. And there is something to be said about those nine aspects being psycho- potential psychological triggers for the Christian masses. And if you hit the code in the right order on those nine psychological triggers, you can activate the proxy warriors of the Christians and get them all fired up and ready to march on whatever you want to point them at. Uh, so I think there's something to that, the tears of the Christ, the suffering of the Christ, and uh, fomenting violent acts in the future. Totally. 
Uh, so the blowing up of the mosque too, you have that lunar crescent above it. The, that symbol could also symbolize Venus, by the way, because Venus eclipses like the yes, moon exactly. or creates a crescent like the moon. I've always thought that the crescent for Islam was more of a reference to Venus because there's a five pointed star with it. However, uh, we could also be looking at this, like the phallic nature of this mosque and connecting the moon to the masculine as there's another reason to do so later in the film and the solar with the uh, feminine could be that this is the destruction of the masculine uh, as well, because right after that is where we see in a second, (laughs) we see this dead uh, child here being mourned by the mother. So also I'm wondering what she's holding. Um, If you go to, it's a called the Pieta. It's where Mary's holding Christ dead in her lap. Um, So that might be a flask of myrrh. If she's Mary, myrrh and Mary. Uh, And you use myrrh to preserve a body. So that would be where the scarab's showing up again. And uh, Adonis' mother was myrrh. Oh, really? Well. (laughs) Yeah, the name of Adonis' mother was myrrh. Uh, very close to Murray, Mary, uh, Buddha's mother is Maya. Mer- Mercury's mother is also a Maya. So, yeah. And then oh, we the have dying and resurrecting son. The kid like has the left eye out again. And so It'd be his yeah. right eye, though, right? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, it's, right. the same, it's the same as Draco, though. So, yeah. It's dark. So again, that's a symbol of an idle shepherd. Black eye. And then whenever they show Anubis, his right eye is also out. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, on the boat. Mm-hmm. And there's a scarab on his head, right? Would you say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, he's kind of mummified as well. Correct, which is part of the myrrh procedure. They would pour myrrh over top of the body. And myrrh, frankincense, gold, frankincense, and myrrh were were also brought to Christ at the birth. Uh, The three magi, as they say, were the the magi that never really says how many of them there are. But there's three gifts brought. So it's only assumed that each had a gift. But myrrh. We also have the uh, tragedy goat spell, goat song mask here at the, the dying part of the sun. What's on his head? Is yeah. that of any significance? It looks like Native American-ish with a feather and yeah. yeah, I think he's supposed to be a Kachina. Cause oh, then yeah, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even the thing that he's in is like a kiva where they would have the dancing go on. Yeah, there's so much going on. Uh, <laughs> That that headdress also kind of reminds me of the ISS. Well, you know the images of the ISS. ISS is, is a gematrological encode for nine one one. That's why they put everybody in in school suspension. <laughs> yep. Very and then that didn't that wasn't legal anymore. Like after nine eleven, I don't think in some places anyway. Interesting. That's very interesting. 
The blacked out eye also makes me think of the the weave we got into last weekend on weaving spiders about the black eye club and the uh, Dionysian dye that could be used potentially to inject into the eye and give the second sight. But that could also make you crazy, possibly, I guess, kill you because they say it's toxic. There's a lot of possibilities there. We've the scare is also a solar symbol. So this is definitely like the even this orb behind her could be depicted as like a the sun going down. It's also the dissolution of the atomic family. So what's missing? We got the mother, the son, and where's the father? So her left hand is one holding destruction. Interesting. Yeah. I'd be remiss not to mention the placenta here. <laughs> the, the one thing that's uh, left out that is uh, the, the missing keystone. And then he gets the, uh, yeah, then he gets his identity, his fictional identity scribed onto two-dimensional paperwork. Yep. Very powerful there. Yeah, there's more straw man stuff coming up too. Big time. Let's just move forward a bit. We might have to move a little quicker <laughs> as we okay. go. This is, I can't believe it, but this could be a two-parter. Uh-oh. So there we have the child soldier. Yeah, so this is um, she's of the Yoruba tribe, and you can tell that from the marks on her face. I believe this man is supposed to be like a pirate, so they're like uh, trading guns and kids to these pirates is what I think. Um, that's why he has the Jolly Roger on his arm. And oh, then yeah, again, the pirates are also the ones ruling the whole maritime admiralty straw man fiction thing, too. Oh, it's totally. like a child bride. Okay. Yeah, that's why he unwraps her like a gift. Um, and then she also has a heart in her hair, which I think is interesting. A barrette. Yes. Or but those marks on the face were scarring uh, relating to the tribe, right? Yeah, so uh, in like Nigeria area, there's a, all the different tribes there traditionally would do um, the marking on the face for a beautification of um, their children or to show their royalty status. So she could be like a princess or something um, based on that. And then uh, they believe in like Arishas, which are like spirits that are like go-betweens. And then their holy spirit, I believe, is called Ife, which I thought was interesting because it's like life. IFE, so, yeah. Yeah. I've been contacted <laughs> on Instagram about them. They they would, like, the, the guy wanted to do a ritual, wanted to know my mom's name and all this, and just kind of got oh, a little uncomfortable. But I learned a lot about the culture in the process. Well, that's cool. I'm usually just like, okay, whatever. 
<laughs> just don't respond to that. It's like there are curses on your family. You need to remove them. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> just met you. <laughs> so, guys, you buy I have me a, a drink first. I have a proposition. Yeah, dude, you took it out of my mouth. I think it's. What do you guys think of reconvening for this part two in about three weeks? Because I'm I'm getting realistic here and <laughs> we've all actually only covered half of it. This gives us a chance to maybe think of more things to pop into our mind from the first half that maybe we missed. The crowd uh, can help us out with that too in our, in, in our telegram chats. And that way I don't feel sort of like, rushed to go through the second half because the second half is just as important as the first half. And uh, I've got Vibrant open on 31st. So that's not too long. People won't forget what we're talking about. And this is simple enough and short enough that I think um, it won't be that hard of a, a stretch to do a part two. What do you guys think? Part two of this thing? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Because, yeah, as Cody just says, the second half has so much gravy. And I'm like, yeah, uh, we're looking at a six hour stream. And uh, I know I, I don't have the steam for that. <laughs> uh, I go to bed earlier than that. And I don't want to I don't want to rush it. I want to treat the second half with the attention that we gave the first half. And it's been really amazing. That being said, do we want to give any closing thoughts for our our weave so far up to this point? We can start with uh Andrea, and then Gabriel, and then Joshua. Yeah, I think it's been really interesting to see everybody's different little two cents on everything and um, definitely gives me some different ways to look at the other half. Um, Really looking forward to doing the second half because, yeah, I'm excited for that part. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Andy. You've been great. We'll have to get you on more Vibrance, and it looks like we will. We got one now on the books, 831, guys. Come back for, come forward. <laughs> There's no going back. Come forward for more of this decode. It's really good good stuff. This is mm-hmm. as fun as I thought. Great Vibrant birthday. I'm glad that it's getting a part two. Totally. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good idea because uh, I have to admit, like, I didn't do as much preparation as I would have liked. So giving us a little break room, I can really dig in on some preparation and just to tempt everybody to uh, to come back for the next part. I already happen to know there is a huge bomb waiting to be dropped uh, on some current events that have happened that seem to be very clearly laid out in uh, in this. 10-year-old little project, and uh, I was hoping we would get to that bomb, but I think if we save it, we can dangle it like a carrot for the the people who want to come back for part two, because it is a huge deal. I'm super excited about it, and yeah, maybe we can have more prep, more to present on the second half. That's a good call. Yeah, that way, because I was already starting to feel like I was pushing us faster than we had to go in terms of just the, every little detail. And uh, this is going to be really fun to do a part two. I like this. I mean, who can, who else does six hours potentially on uh seven minutes? <laughs> That's good. Good gravy for sure. Uh, Joshua, you got any closing thoughts for us, brother? Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't know what I could say that can't be said better by just maybe showing the 
the clip of Bush sitting in front of the kids. I mean, thank God it's still on YouTube. So we could kind of do that or at least share it in the chat with people. But I think showing that would kind of, we've got to see the classroom clip. Uh, so, you know, ending with that could maybe show people like how truly strange <laughs> this production is, you know? Oh, that is the lady. There you go. There you go. That's the lady. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why I want to end with right there is to really emphasize how close that classroom is to. So to compare what's in the classroom actual to what's in the production is kind of interesting. And what they have reading in the video here, I'll drop the video in the chat. So what they have the kids saying are, um, the the steel kite hits the building or something like that. And then she makes them read it like really fast and over and over again. And then they talk about the pet goat, literally like they're having the kids chant and recite these weird pentameter type uh, lessons. I mean, I would really like to see what they're reading out of. You know, was this after school Satan materials? <laughs> Cause that's now a thing. Apparently of course this was years ago. Yeah. And look at the boom mics. Vogue. They had like multiple boom Thank mics so to make chance. sure. Yeah. They're making sure we hear every word. Yeah. It was like, they knew that this wasn't just some random visit to a classroom, that this was, all part of the goat spell. You know, man, I wonder where these kids are today. I wonder if they are tracking these kids. If, well, if these children are not (laughs) vessels for future intentions. And there's even, there's one kid in yellow. There's one kid with a yellow shirt, just like our egghead child. You know, I wonder if there's a bald girl or a blonde headed girl like we had in our, uh, you know, the high priestess. I just think it's ironic that Kanye could say George Bush doesn't care about black people when he went to a capitalized black classroom here. Where were you when the, when 9-11 happened? So another thing, look at this back here. It's like this doll has evil red eyes or something. Is this the watcher on the shelf? Redheads have souls, chance. What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> they have souls too. Who dolls? These these weird dolls. Look at this We're weird redheads. doll. Redheads. Oh, redheads. Okay, okay. It is redheaded. Whatever it is. Yeah. There could be a lot more research done on that day of <laughs> infamy. What was really going on in that classroom? Another thing to look at maybe before we wrap up is another share from uh more gravy that Jen shared with us here about that crazy Obama costume. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a lot going on here, but apparently that that costume is related to Kybell. That's a Kybell costume? Yeah. Well, that's... Oh, guys, I can't take it. So this infographic has more detail in a file version shared on the Telegram. So join the Vibrant Telegram group, guys, if you want to see all the cool stuff that's being shared in there. And there is so much, so much. 
She's, she's um, considered then, the god goddess of forces or fortresses. That's so right. Another she's uh, basically the Phrygian version of Rhea, which is Saturn's wife. And so this, this costume god. refers to Obama being like the castrated, ritually castrated uh, stand-in of the wife of Kronos or Saturn. Or Kingu, uh, Tiamat's consort. Guys, there's so much going on there. I mean, there's so much going on there. And that's the breakdown on this dude who's next to him, huh? Arthur, Arthur Davis. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Arthur. Jenny with the gravy. Yeah, and this is low res, but there's a high res version where you can read all the little text here. There's a rabbit holes, rabbit warrens. So much to get into here. Man, I and tell you. Another good point. Yeah. Dude. Petting goats, petting kids—that's all in the mix as well. And Barack Obama is like one perpetual provocateur who will never stop provoking. If if nothing else, profound thoughts. <laughs> but good lord, yeah, I mean, just, and dreams apparently. But yeah, just look at that face. <laughs> <laughs> you know he loves it. What he's doing. Well, if you recall, right. when they did the, uh, there's some type of Christ-related production where the devil did look strikingly similar to Obama, and I can't remember what it was. It wasn't the Passion of the Christ, I don't think, but it was one of those really well-known productions. All right, guys, what do you think? I've got a brother too, by the way. Ready to clock out? <laughs> See you guys yeah. over on the Flow State. On weaving spiders webs awesome chat thanks for hanging with us this whole time everybody it's been a fun one catch you guys on the next wednesday yeah see you at the opolis see you at the opolis